That was exciting. Alright, well, welcome to the third episode of the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. Today we are recording from Montreal, Canada. Yeah, who do we have with us today? Oh yeah, come on, Steve, Yo, close the door. Come on. Oh, man, look at that. What a great start. Alright. So, <laughs> that's true. Alright, do this. So, today's episode is kind of special. We are doing a film room episode and we are looking at Connor Bedard. Well, because he is an okay prospect, and I feel like if we're going to start talking about prospects, we should probably start talking about the best one first. It's not just about Connor Bedard in this game. No, this game actually is awesome. So, we're actually watching a game live while we record. And also, we are- for the record, I'm Riley. Oh, yeah. This is a. Uh, from the Real Housewives podcast. Yeah, I'm Evan. And I'm Stu. All right. The Real Housewives crew. Yes. How do you doodly doodly doodly? Yeah, yeah, if we were on Discord, I would give us an air horn right there. No triple air horn. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's up, Riley. You know what's up. All right, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so uh, bringing Evan on the episode today was kind of, uh, that was definitely the main idea, but uh, getting the other two on was pretty good, too. So uh, but why did I want Evan? Well, he's got the first overall pick in our fantasy league, so uh, unless he has a uh, brain injury between now and June, he will be taking Connor Bedard first. Wait, wait, Evan, are you going to take Connor Bedard first? We'll see. So, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be taking Fantilli, right? You are? Well, predicated oh, on, on if I take Bedard. No, 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 so, so, so I'm going to be taking Fantilli, right? We'll see. So I will be taking Fantilli. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Don't you want to compete in, like, three years? In that finish, got me. Are you Arizona? So you're saying you won't be able to compete in three years with Fantilli? I think I'll get to compete next year more with Fantilli. I'll get to compete in year two with Fantilli. <coughs> and well, who even knows if Mishkov's going to be here in year three? Never know. But we're I'm not so talking about him. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're talking about Ghana Badad. Or as you, uh, what do you guys say about him? Ghana Badad. Ghana Badad. Yeah, yeah that, there you go. Ghana Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did a good job. Yeah. You guys, you guys just both do a better Bostonian accent than me. You could do better New Yorker. I got Boston Yeah, got Boston Speaking here, on the screen, we can see uh, Carson Bjarnason, number 31 for the Brandon Weekings. Top tier. He is, uh, he's going to be a top probably 90 pick in this year's NHL draft. Yes, sir. Can't say I'm, uh, I'm going to be able to give a scouting report on any goalies this year because I, you know, squatted a goaltending. I, if you stop the puck, you're good. If you let it in, you're bad. And, uh, it's kind of hard to base goalies off that metric because they, they allow a lot of goals. In. All right. Stuart and I, our father has a a joke school of goaltending uh, where goalies show up and he goes, stop the puck. There's one rule. As yeah. he Huey Davis. And if you ask him any questions, he responds back to you with, stop the puck. So if I'm a goalie and I say, hey, I want to go play this puck, but what do you think I should do? Are you going to stop it if it comes back to you? Stop the It's so hard not to just stop and watch Bedard sometimes. Like it takes a lot of self-control for me not just to be like, what's Bedard doing right now? What's really fun is the, the prospect I think I've gotten to see the most up close, most in like a consistent period of time has to be Sam Yeah, I, I'd probably say the same thing. Stu? Probably Sam Bennett as well. <laughs> and like, he had these flashes of what you can see the plays that Bedard does. Like, flashes of it in a game. Bedard is just every shit. 
Yeah. Every, every... Yeah, like, constant throw. Well, the other thing I would say with Sam Bennett was that Sam Bennett, when he played in the OHL, especially his draft year, he was, he was a real, like, he was a perimeter-oriented player at that point. He wasn't a... I, I was... Maybe maybe it was just me, but I found he liked to stick him all around the perimeter, and he wasn't the guy who liked to get into the slot. Did one good dive move <laughs> into the middle, if you know the play I'm talking about, you'd come up, like, kind of run at the guy towards that blue line, but yeah. he'd want to close him off, and he would dive in quick. So that was his one non-perimeter play. He made a lot of two-on-ones for Lawson Krebs. Yes, that is true. That was his one, like... I remember thinking that Spencer Watson, his, uh, his line mate, he was one. I always thought he was going to be a good NHL player, but then he got taken in the seventh round. Did play a bunch of NHL. Did he, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I lost track of Yeah. Him. He's still a... Didn't he in the Yeah, he was with Carolina's affiliate for now. Okay. Kind of a great grind player. Makes yeah. sense. I always like. I always thought he would have been a solid NHL player, but that's also because you watch an OHL team and you think the best like four players, five players, are all going to make the NHL. Well, maybe. I don't think Ben Rogers making it this year. I don't think there's any players on PC's roster currently. Like Paul Levinsky. I like Paul. Paul Levinsky has the most potential outside of Levinsky. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone currently. Uh, there's some guys next year that'll be drafted. Goaltending. You think um, Ziggy? Zigalov is incredibly um, he's incredibly inconsistent, but he makes some absolute world class saves that make you just like shake your head and just amazing. So if you put a decent team in front of him, because you just admitted not a great team, oh. you put a decent team in front of him, like he looks a lot better, right, Ziggy? Yeah, I, I would say uh, when he's on his game, he's actually nearly unstoppable, and some of the saves he made were downright just ludicrous in the games that I saw. Yeah, it hurt me to trade him, but, you know. Thank you. Yeah, what did I even, I don't even know uh, Martin Jones. No, I, that was in the getting Martin Jones back here. So I gave you two goals? Yes. Yeah. Alright, well, I'll something out of you. You know what? After trading Luke Hughes for spare parts, I'm just going to... Retire? I'm going to retire from trading for a few months. Did you enjoy your rental with Martin Jones? No, 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 don't retire. <laughs> don't retire. I want to make a deal with you, cheese. <laughs> Uh, I, want, I want to make. I want to continue to make deals with you that this guy will be like. You got fleeced. You know, <laughs> you know I'm just gonna start making trades with people in the league that I haven't made trades with before, just to. Because anytime I make trades with people I know, they don't go well. I mean, I'm not trying to fleece you. Oh, I know you're not trying to, but if, if I offer you a trade that is a fleece, you're, you're not gonna say no. Hey, question: You got snake oil that you need? Like, I got you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Who's that? 47? Yeah. I don't think that's Manti, but that might be Quinn Manti. And if it is, uh, that's... Uh, yeah, he's a big player. He's bigger than I thought he was. And that was good moves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to check in now to make sure that isn't, in fact, Quinn Manti. It's 47, but it's not that player. Yeah. So, uh, anyone wondering who Quinn Manti is, he is a defender for the uh, Brandon Wheat Kings. He's kind of rated in that 100 to 150 range for this year's draft. Uh, that was not the main time. That was uh, someone else. Okay. That He's was number eight. Sidir Kang? Oh, yes. He or is. Sa- sorry, I said that name wrong. Uh, Sad- 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 Sadder Kang? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. He, um, he plays on the line with Manti, so that's why I thought it might have been. But the reason why I gave a reaction there was he made two quite nice moves from the line to walk in and then passed it off like didn't have a good shot. Yeah. Two elusive moves. And he, he defensively in this game, especially. Uh, he really stood out to me. 
or at least his line with Manti really stood out. Oh, is that Bedard? That's Bedard. Oh, that's Bedard. There you go. Oh, that's Bedard. The that speed know. coming in is just crazy. Hey, did, he, did he play that perfectly? The one guy made the tie up on the on the main entry, and then the other guy was right there with him on Von Bedard, sticked on stick. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Bedard comes into the league and really struggles. Like, there's no part of his game that I look at and I say, like, oh, he's not, he's not elite at this. Like, his he, compete level is 100% elite. It's just, I find he does burn himself out after, you know, carrying the puck for a minute straight. And you'll see, occasionally, he will have some turnovers <laughs> where um, they do lead directly to goals. And that's because, you know, either three on three in, in overtime, I have a great time somewhere. He tries to do a lot himself, and then he just puts himself in a terrible position. Well, when you have the puck more than anything. You're probably going to turn it over more than anything. Aaron Carlson this year. I would be. I, I would exactly. I think it'd be safe to say that there are certain games that Connor Bedard played where he had more possession, like time on possession with the puck on a stick, than some of his teammates had ice time. I don't yeah. think that's. I don't even think that's. Uh... <laughs> well, when you're when you're when you're as good as him, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a one man show out there. Like, like, I, I honestly, my, my biggest issue with watching Kingston this year was Paul Rubinsky needed to be more like that. Yeah, but he he's, not, he's not skilled enough to do that. No, he's not. So, but he still needed to do it more. He needed to shoot more, and he was too fast, fast first. Which is basically why Chris Thibodeau had all of the, you know, he was essentially the one doing it all. Yeah. And when you're 147 pounds, you tend to get knocked off the puck a little bit easier than, uh, than other guys, yeah. so... Although, interesting to know, Chris Thibodeau will be available for next year's NHL draft, so he's a name to keep an eye on. You know what? <laughs> I, I, have been, I have been beating the drum for Thibodeau since, I want to say, like, November. Um, um, wait, I was going to ask which drum are you beating? Is it yours for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a page out of your book, Riley. I hope you're proud. Yeah, you're questioning who he's beating off. Maybe if Kingston is Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's out of your book. Yeah, no, but... Stu, <laughs> <laughs> can you repeat that point louder for the crowd? Uh, maybe if Kingston had a competent coach, Chris Thibodeau would be a, I don't know, second round pick? Are we are we really going to start denigrating Luca Caputi on the pod? Is that, is that, uh, that's kind of where we're headed. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, I, hard, it's hard to apply for a job without making an opening. I... <laughs> <laughs> I was so, going to say, how did Caputi even get that job? He played a little bit in the NHL. And then retired. For, for an organization called the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Oh, I know who he played for. He also played for Pittsburgh. <laughs> he, he, he made his way around, but like, what made him an OHL coach? Oh, wanted to. Oh, okay, well, that tracks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also... He has the right connections he wanted to. And that Paul McFarland decided in whatever it was, August... That he was gonna pitch his GM coach job yeah. to go join the Seattle Kraken, which I don't, I don't fault him at all. It's an NHL job. Uh, fault him? He's in all the playoff team that just won their first game. No, no, that's why I don't I, fault him. I will, I will. But know. it also in August, it's really hard to hire a coach. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of end up with who you end up with, like in in Colorado NHL uh, <laughs> world. When Patrick Paul just quit on them randomly, they lucked out and got Jared Bednarik. But most uh, <laughs> most teams in that situation end up with a coach 
you question. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Paul Maurice. Yeah, let's yeah, let them situation. Can we, can we I don't care. The massive issue there is in the NHL, which I think has been probably talked about ad nauseum. But like, can can there can we just start hiring some coaches that no one's heard of, or some Europeans, or just some fresh blood, please? Well, some of the European coaches are absolute donkeys. Have you ever seen that like you were that, that clip of um, Nathan Gerby talking about his coach and like the Swiss in the NLA? It was the funniest thing. I'm not talking about bringing a Swiss coach. No, like, I mean, you from, said Europe, right? So bring one from bring one from Sweden or Finland. Like no, but it's a different system. The ice surface is completely different, I man. Get it, but you can't tell style. me that like you can't tell me there are no good potential Finnish or Swedish coaches out there. Sergey Fedorov. That's the guy that needs to come to the NHL next. He's kind of been blackballed by Detroit. They don't want to bring him into their organization, but he has been running a really good KHL team for the past while. He's also creative and fun. Plays that, uh, who was it, the, the, the rule creator? <laughs> Rashi Gilson. <laughs> he plays that kind of role for the KHL as well. Yeah. He's the guy who's next up and should be in next. So you want to talk about a new face? That that Mike Greer, I guess Sergey Fedorov. I would just, I would just be happy to see it. Please, <laughs> the name that everybody has said is going to be the first European head coach in NHL. Honestly, whatever team that picks Mitchkov should just bring in Fedorov. Like I know they never actually work together, but the problem is you're bringing in Fedorov three years before Mitchkov even makes it. I'm not saying you have to do it next year. Okay, yeah. That's Who fair. says they're hiring? Like I just said, it's blackballed by one but team. But you're not bringing but like the idea that like you bring in Fedorov to be with Mishkov. Yeah, you wouldn't want to like wait two years after drafting Mishkov to bring in Fedorov. Because then people would just be like, "Well, you were just waiting to fire the other coach." Yeah, that, that happens all the time. Oh, I know it happens all the time. It's just not. Or you just plus. if you sign a two-year deal, it expires this year. Columbus. He's an alumni. He's an alumni. You just open up a position. True. And you already have a European GM. You already had a European GM. Ooh, uh, he's been the GM there a long time, and uh, they haven't really had any success. I don't blame them. I think so, he's ran a pretty good organization. That's no, I, I don't want to say he's had a bad uh, job. I think so, too. Players, his, second, his second year on the job, his two best play, the two best players in the organization went, See ya! Yeah. I bet he's, you know what, he's doing a really good job there. Like, bringing Rick Nash to basically be a mentor for Ken Johnson, and if, if you do the same thing, let's say they get Mishkov, you do... Pair them up with like Federer. I think that's a brilliant way. Those those guys are the most important players for your franchise for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Do whatever it takes to have them be successful. That means success for the organization. And I mean, having brought in Johnny Goudreau, it's not like you can't bring in good players. It's not like it's not like you can make the argument that Columbus just isn't a good market. It wasn't. You it, can say that. It's I don't I don't think anyone would call Columbus a great market. Yeah. Even now with Goudreau being there in line A, potentially Bedard, it's, it's never going to be a top market. I unless, they can, unless they can have 10 years of sustained success, which is really what you need to build a franchise nowadays. No, but I think the success will build the history and the provenance of the team, right? The reputation of the team. So yeah, it kind of goes in hand. It's building really a generation of fans. Can I just point something yeah, out? Yeah, I, would, I think that's a good way that you put it there. As, as a Jags fan, when you have a really, really, really bad team for a really, really, really long time, one season of being good is not enough for fans to, A, believe it's actually long-term. That's the Jags' success. Ooh, that was six. Hey, Daniel, this is good. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to talk about Nashville because for quite a while, Nashville were unpopular. People were like, "We got to like move this team. Nobody cares about hockey in Tennessee." And then they became good, and 
They made a Stanley Cup final, and now it's on like a top. It, it's on people's top ten lists for places you need to go see a game okay. because they they've created a culture where people actually want to go see hockey in Nashville. So now. I'm going to piggyback that onto my point of you built that first generation of fans, which are now bringing their kids. Which you know <laughs> you build that generation of fans. That's the key. If you're as you said, like a, a Jax fan, unfortunately. Not anymore. If you have these... They're good now. Oh, okay, sorry. I things, thought, have, I, things have turned around. My apologies. I thought you were saying you are going to a Jags fan. I will always be a Jags fan. That's why I had if my I moment If I suffered through that for 15 years, then I am not, not jumping shit. 15 years, you would have not gotten back. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I mean, how many years is that for you as a Leafs fan, Stu? I, I taught him to play portals East. Oh, I mean, if you watch the show, uh, what's that show with good Kristen? Place. Yeah, the Good Place. Yeah, yeah he he yep. he's referenced many many times. I love when uh, was it was it Jason the character? Yeah, he good. he throws the bottle and it's like Molotov cocktails. Yeah, Molotov cocktails. And his challenge to get into like the ultimate heaven yeah. is to play a gate to the Jags. Yeah, and um, fail spectacularly. FYI, for spoilers. I stopped watching The Good Place after around season two or three. So, kind of like uh, is that is that Manti? No, he's eight, right? He's number eight. Yeah. Okay. So Manti has a few plays, not in this game, but just in general. Like you'll see him join the rush. His skating is actually pretty solid. Um, he's kind of I don't I have not really seen any analysts talking about him, which he plays on a bad team. They didn't make the playoffs. It, it doesn't necessarily make for a uh, great setup for a prospect, but he got first line minutes all season, and his team played really well every single time they played Bedard. So that will definitely uh, garner him some good growth in NHL games. And if you're looking for a you know a fifth round pick that has potential to make it to the NHL, that that should really be all you're looking for with the fifth round picks. So okay, I want to pose this question. Yeah, let's go for it. This is open to the room. And I know that you and I, like, the three of us were talking earlier about all the top-end skill, talent, but there's players with lacking one part of the game kind of thing that we're breaking down. We And we also talked about there's not that many that physical guys. Yeah. Is there that many guys that you think actually filled out bottom six kind of roles? Not scoring roles, like, like bottom six defensive roles, because otherwise, could you see a fair bit of this year ending up being, like, I think the tan vibe of, like, you can play top line limited minutes in the AHL. You were one of the better players in the AHL. But you have to play top six, like NHL to have any success. Your uh, bottom six is not like you know what I mean. If, that role type of player. I'm trying to think of players outside of that like top consensus thirty two. Um, I guess two players that I've seen a lot of that I like: uh, Alex Ferrand out of um, Sudbury. He's kind of a big kid. Doesn't have a lot of offense, but he plays a lot of penalty for minutes. Um, I, I'm a bigger fan of Carson Rakoff from Pittsburgh. He's got a bit more done. He's a lot more of a dynamic skater. He's a bit more, a bit more to his game than Fron. Did you watch <laughs> Kitchener versus? Uh, was it the playoffs? Oh, Kitchener. Yeah, they destroyed Windsor. Yeah, they. It was not even close. Did he have anything to do with that? Carson Rakoff. Yeah, yeah. He had yeah. a really good series. That's he, actually why I was kind of bringing him up. He actually had a really good series against Windsor. Uh, Hunter Bushtevich. I'm not sure if I'm saying yeah. his name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Good, really good series. Um, Philip Massar. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was finally getting first line minutes. He got buried on the third line, pitching earlier, 
and uh, that made a lot of Montreal fans really pissed because he could have just been in the like could have been in Laval getting thirty five minutes, but no, uh, Kitchener, uh, Kitchener should not have been an eight seed. That is the best eight seed I've ever seen in the OHL level. The amount of talent that team has is pretty incredible for how bad they played in the regular season. So I might be reaching back on your memory here. Yeah. But, uh, do you remember the matchups that their the coaches were rolling out at all? Yeah. Because um, you talked about him as a defensive guy, so I'm curious how he matched him up. Because we saw this year the Leafs in the first game, they tried to match up the bottom six in it. So the first line in the playoffs for Kitchener was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Pinelli and Arcuri. Arcuri was in the second line. Arcuri, oh, he's an interesting player. I was going to say, yeah, you can skip ahead of the conditions and stuff. But, uh, no, so like Francisco Arcuri, he's a really interesting player. Um, I think he's, if he's a player you have on your dynasty team, I would like to trade him. His numbers in the OHL look really good. He's got a nice shot, but I wouldn't say it's the kind of shot that you can get off anywhere, anytime. He's kind of, he kind of reminds me of like a Samuel Hansek where he needs to have elite playmakers and he needs to have space. And if he doesn't have that space, then he really struggles. Good power play guy? Great power play guy. <laughs> Great power play guy. Yeah, yeah you, you, you give him power play space and it's like, okay. It's like the power play scenario. Yeah, scenario. pretty much, like, that's you pretty much described what, what, what way he's best. Um, give him space on the power play, let him, you know, walk in, take a, take a step or two into his shot and just like, unleash it and it's, he's dangerous. Oh, man. Oh, look at, look at Nate, though. Look at I Daniels, love man. Nate Daniels. It's a great game so far. I can just really great moments. I can't, I can't understand how most scouts have him in the late 20s. Yeah. And there's a few that have him in the teens, and I'm like, I want to talk to the people that have him in the teens, because we clearly view players similar. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you something, because I know this is something that people have said about him. Yeah. In terms of like, his overall, like, like point per game level, like, that output that he has this year, Nate Danielson, and, like, why it's not necessarily elite compared to the other guys in his draft class, and what do you have to say about that? Is Brandon just, like, not good, or is it um, just spreading out their are scoring? Are you saying that Nate Danielson did not have elite production? Because I would disagree with you on a... I'm not saying it, but I'm saying for people that have, like... Brought, brought, yeah, yeah, brought, like, brought, I find it, you know, I find it interesting. Like, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about I, that. I don't understand how you could criticize Nate Danielson's production. No, no, I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying how anyone can. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, really? He is the best player on his team by such a wide margin. He also drives possession. Like he's not a player who needs other skilled players around him to thrive. That's why, to me, he's so easy to project into the top six. Um, that being said, if his game doesn't, like if he's kind of topped out and he only has some minor improvement in the next two seasons, he's so easy to project into a bottom six. Like that's why, if you're taking him in the twenties, it's one of those like there's there's no downside to the pick. If you're taking him in the teens, it's a little bit of downside. You mean I, risk, I would, I would say, though? Risk, yeah, I would take downside. It's yeah. a risk. Um, there's, there's really no risk taking Nate Daniels, in my opinion, because you're getting an NHL player 100%. It's how good an NHL player is he going to be. What I'm seeing right now, from what I'm seeing in this game specifically, it looks like you drop Fabian's out of the end of this game. Right now. Yeah. So, like, like is Fabian's out of the incredible? No. Is that an NHL player? Yes. That's all I'm trying to say, and similar play style, except you're moving into the middle. Exactly. Also, 
just to keep in mind, uh, he had 70 points in 68 games, <coughs> so it's not like he had a bad year. Also, he had 57 points last year in 53 games, so that's some minor improvement, but, I mean, still improvement. And he had 15 points in 24 games in his first season, so he's played three full, three seasons out in the WHL. He's almost a, he's been a point per game player in two of them, and almost a point per game player when he was 16. One thing that a lot of people look at in football, and I know we're a hockey podcast, and we want to talk hockey, but I, I'm a big I, football fan, and I like to kind of cross. I, I, I like sports. other sports too. Like Evan has an F1 background, I have a bit of an NBA background. Right. Stu's got a mixed bag. It's super fun. Yeah. So one thing with with uh, with fantasy football that you see a lot of, especially for the more in depth fantasy football players, is you'll see something called a dominator rating, and it's 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 a metric that you see a lot of uh, analysts use to look at when did fan, or when did college football players start to become high level prospects, or when did they start producing in college? If a guy doesn't produce until he's twenty three, there's a good chance he was only producing in that last year because he was a much older than. Ever everyone on the field, and he's more physically mature, he's been playing the game for five years as opposed to guys with less experience. Maybe opportunity as well by that point. A little bit too with opportunity, but um, when you see a guy producing at a high level in his first or second year in college football, same with, with you know CHL or any development league, if you're producing while you are the youngest of that, that tier, that is a really, really, really good sign for your development. Shane Wright, for example. Yeah, I mean, Shane Wright is... Uh, he's a bit of an interesting player. I'm, I've kind of soured a bit on Shane Wright in the last few months. He's... Um, but it's a great example of the, what I'm, what, yeah. of the oh, yeah. young age showing a good sign. Yeah, like, there's no doubt Shane Wright's going to be a good NHL player. <clears throat> I just don't think he's going to be what everyone thought he would be when he came to Kingston originally. But that's my point, though, is I think because of what he's supposed to be when he came to Kingston, that's why he was still top five today. Yeah, I... The thing with hockey is you have to be willing to change your opinions of players almost, you know, every two or three months. Because the development in the only, like the development at the these these players' age is so crazy right now. Well and it's it's been even crazier with the whole pandemic oh. and players not playing like some players literally didn't play for like a year right now. A really good example of the, the pandemic messing up the draft and scouting would be. I like last year's second round more than the first. Like, there's a lot of players in the second round last year where I'm, I would be happier having them than I would be with the first round. Well, look at the San Jose trade. Like, they picked up two guys who were picked during the pandemic, and both guys projected to be picked higher now than they would have been with their actual picks. So it is interesting how much of the shift of the opinions have gone with these pandemic picks. Yeah, and I mean. Just look at, like, last year's draft was probably the first draft we got back to kind of somewhat normalcy, but even then, you really only had the normalcy in that draft season. You didn't have any normalcy the year before, and most players who are going to be drafting the top 90 <coughs> have been playing in the CHL or the USHL for at least one or two seasons. It, most have played for two seasons. Not common you see a guy play one year in the CHL and draft it. At least get drafted highly. And now, actually, a funny example of it, Lucas Edmonds. Matt, He's Matt Kitchak. You, you get a few. Matt you definitely yeah. get a few players every single year who well, get drafted as overrangers. Edmonds is the weird, the weirdest one. He he also came from Sweden. Though. Yeah, well, so it's a bit of a different. He's from Canada. He played a year pro in Sweden, and then right. then he played 
or he played a couple years with Pro, and then he played NHL. Is he? He's from Canada originally. He's from Canada originally. Oh, see, I thought he was Swedish originally. No, yeah, he's from Canada originally. Okay, so that's so what makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's definitely a different developmental path. But that I'm guessing would have been due to COVID, not not due to him not being able to crack a Canadian junior team. But no, just in terms of last year's picks in the second round, uh, Yeager Fergus was a second round pick, correct? He was Seattle, and I'm. Yeah, he's he's a Seattle prospect, but I mean this year he's had like an awesome year. So Jaeger Fergus, when I watch, uh, when I try to watch Braden Jaeger, I have a really hard time watching Braden Jaeger because all I can see is Jaeger Fergus. <laughs> like everyone was like, "Oh, Jaeger Fergus is you know he's." Oh, that was a really ugly goal. So really ugly goal. Yeah, he second second round thirty fifth overall. Yeah, Jager so that makes Fergus. sense. Um, he has the highest motor. I have ever seen. Okay. Um, like, like Brendan Gallagher kind of. No, like he makes Brendan Gallagher look lazy. Like I don't know. How, I don't know how to explain it, but like Jaeger oh. Fergus is an animal. He's everywhere. It's terrifying to look at Seattle's prospect pool right now and think that they have they have Jaeger Fergus. Do they also get Brad Lambert? No, no, that's Winnipeg. That's right. Like, I was upset about that. So, Brad Lambert, um, I was, yeah. You know, I, you know, everyone's saying that he's looking like a much better player now. Yeah. I thought he should have been, like, pick 15. He should have been higher. I been, he could have been a top five. Pick. Yeah, I think he could have been. Top five? Yeah. I would say, hey, like, with, with hindsight, yes. With with the knowledge we had at the honestly, time, no, you know. I was, honestly, San Jose, honestly, 8 to 10 at least. Yeah, I thought San Jose should have picked him with the corner, like where we traded back from. Like the thing, prior, the thing with Lambert was like fifteen. What was it? What? San Jose's original pick prior to trading back. Uh, eleven. 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 I thought we should have taken Lambert. Yeah, that would have been so a great. That would have been a great pick. The thing with Lambert was like it was never that he didn't have the skill. It's never that he didn't have the ability. It was the just drive. it was a bit of the drive. It was really the compete, and it was also just a bit of the personality that kind of he had some issues with his teams. So, yeah. He was out in Finland for a while, as you know. Yeah. So, it reminds me, like, just sort of the narrative around him remind me of <clears throat> And that guy seems to be pretty okay. 40 goal scoring, William Nylander. Yeah, so, like, I was watching Grass and Sashin, and, uh, Grace and Sashin, and I really like Sashin. Really, really, really like him. He's gonna be... Actually, I have no clue where he's gonna be drafted. I've, I've made a few public statements saying, like, I would have him in my top 15. I... I this year's draft is honestly so good, and every time I watch a player, I just think to myself, like, wow, I'm going to have a really good grade on this player. And there's probably 40 or 45 of those guys, and it just gets to the point where you're like, when, are, when am I going to start finding players not that impressive? You just, you just keep finding more and more that you really like. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of a consensus 30 to 60, and he has flashes of top 10 type talent. But then, when you watch Seattle, you also have to Watch. You know, keep in mind that they—they're basically sporting three NHL lines. So just to, it's disgusting how good Seattle is. On Lucas Edmonds, he played for the Mississauga Rebels in U15. Then he played in Sweden, U16 through to U20. U16. That's pretty cool. Uh, what year was that? So sixteen seventeen. So that's prior to the, the pandemic. Yep. Uh, and then he made the made the SHL in nineteen twenty. 
then came to yep, Danielson involved in the goal. Was, well, yeah, then was, it, yep. was, was still, in, still in Swedish Pro in 2021, then came to Toronto Max in 2019. Dude. And he's from North Bay, right? Oh my so, god, that's going to be such... Okay. Alright, we're talking about Brady Lambert, right? He went 30th overall to Winnipeg. Yeah. You know you know who also went about this that, that same range? Who's a pretty good player today? No, I'm saying who's a good player today? Oh. No, he's in his like late 20s today. Okay. Plays for LA. Plays oh, for Kopitar. Yeah, Kempe went 28th overall in his draft year. He's a freaking 40 goal scorer, that guy. Nope. He's yeah, lethal Kempe. in the playoffs. Like, if you look at watch his release and stuff. Anyway. The, the, the hardest part about NHL and scouting and prospects in general is just they take so much longer to get. You have to kind of look at the ETA on, like, how long is it going to take for this guy to make it. Um, that's, what makes our, that's what makes our league so interesting when you're trading for prospects and what you believe the potential to be. And then, like, but realistically, when you look at, like, Timelines. It's like, are you willing to wait that many years for a guy to pan out? Oh, or, it's Danielson, by the way. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that pass? Yeah, that's, that's, why that they, that, oh, that's a nice play. That's why I'm saying, like, Nate, Nate Danielson, I, I, sorry, like, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing he is not above average at. Already above average or good to great. I like, I love my Fabian Zetterlund thing of, like, saying they're dropping him in today. Yeah, I, I see it and so closely. But I want Nate Daniels in a and he's a center too, though. But yeah, it, so that makes him center. way more valuable. Yeah. And okay, in fantasy, this is something that I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily look at enough. Like, okay, I drafted Taylor Hall in the seventh or eighth round of our fantasy startup. He only averaged four point four points per game. Yeah, playing third line, playing third, third line. second third line. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not necessarily my point. He was he was close to a point per game at a certain point in the season. He was having a solid offensive year in the first half. Point of clarification: when, when when Kevin says points per game, he means fantasy points per game, not actual. Like, oh, I think points I, I think game. most people understand that no one in the NHL is scoring five. I know. I think it's still worth. No, although the fact that McDavid, just, is just for, David might but just for it. newcomers, right? Just yeah, for yeah, newcomers, yeah, right? Just so that they're not lost. We are, we are a fantasy hog, fantasy hog podcast. But that's 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 irrelevant at this point. Yeah. But <laughs> so like you, you can draft a guy like Taylor Hall in the seventh round, and he can put up you know four and a half fantasy points per game. That's great. But he's a winger. If you're in a league that has multi-categories and you've got block shots, you've got hits, you've got especially face-offs, I did not realize the value that players like Pajot, or Jean-Gabriel Pajot, or Scott Lafton, both of them I traded, but both of them were over five, five fantasy points per game this year. And they didn't even score more than 40 points. It's, it's got Lot, not Lafton. It's Lafton, whatever. It's Lot. It's Lot. I love what he says. You know what? You can date a clown yourself. I'm all here for it. Right, I look at what's due, and he's just chuckling. And I'm, I'm really, like, and I'm like, Lafton? He's just like, he nods. I'm really good at pronouncing European I'm names. I'm Lafton over here. Yeah. I, give me a European name. I have no problem pronouncing it, but give me a basic English name. I'll go full dictionary. Scott Lafton. Anyways. Anyway. So. Yeah. I was just looking up uh, Richie. <coughs> Noel Richie. Noel Richie. Yep. Undrafted. Like, not, nothing. He's, he's, um, he has moments, but there's... He had 70 points. Yeah, I know, but he's 19, is he not? 20. Yeah, that's that's what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. So, one thing that I that I have a really hard time with is, like, you'll, you'll notice overagers so much when you watch CHL hockey. Especially if you're watching whole games and not just seeing... Logan Morrison! Yeah, so what's really tough about gauging... The next Nick Patel! <laughs> it's hard to gauge these players. Because they dominate. But then you have to think to yourself, like, 
What's a player like Nate Danielson who's 17 and scoring the same amount of points? What's he going to look like in two years in the CHL? And that's kind of what you have to ask yourself. Like, if a player, like, if he's looking good when he's 20, he has to look really, 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 really good. Because that's what most players are going to look like when they're not age in the CHL. Yeah. Not all of them. Like, obviously not all overagers are going to score a point per game, but, you know, they're going to usually be among the higher scoring players on the team. No. Like, it was actually interesting to see, like, Lucas Evans getting drafted last year in the second round by yeah. Tampa. Like, at least 21 yeah. at the age of being drafted in the second round. Well, it, it's also Tampa. They're not afraid to take overagers because of development timelines to help the team because they're, they're in it right now in the fight, so it's like, it kind of helps. They have guys ready. It's right? definitely a little bit of that. It's just a little bit of yeah, like, if if you don't have to make a projection on a player. Like, last year's draft team was not strong. No, it was not strong. It wasn't deep. Well, so it's, it's about organizational, like, talking about Tampa, it's about organizational drafting for your potential needs, where, like, right now you're looking at, uh, like, Radish is playing for them in, in the playoffs. Like, Edmonds, I don't know, could be in a pinch, um, they wanted guys who were going to play in the AHL right away so that they kept them playing on their third fourth line. And See, though, I've never understood, like, why would you draft for team lead in second or third round? But what's the point? Like, That's what I'm saying. When, when you've been to the Stanley Cup final the last three years? That, but that doesn't matter. That, that 100% does not matter. Because Pup, pups don't matter? Yeah, no, no, no. That's the point of what you're doing. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm with, I'm with these guys. Pups obviously matter. Yeah, you would be asked for it. But if you're if you're drafting the first round, that's when you maybe make a bit more of a team. Feels decision. nice to win because first round picks are going to make your team a lot sooner than a second and third round. Pick. The second and third round pick, you should be looking at. Can I get a Lane no. Hudson? Does this guy have no, potential? No, no, no. I, I disagree with that. It's the it's 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 the you're going off of the the like the perception of first rounders. Yes, because of talent. Because of, yeah, okay, sure. And that's the video game approach. Right, that's the video game approach, right? I think that if you look at if you look at like you look at the, the number of failed first rounders and stuff, it's still it's still decently high. Oh yeah. It's like fifty like if you could look at a third to fifty percent of the first round doesn't well, make it. Yeah. And they're or they're players. slower than other guys that end up making it because those guys are able to work harder, uh, develop better and fit the needs of their team better. That's or why not. they get that that's why they get in first. Or, or in the case of like a Luke Simmons, they're already you know, three years into Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they end up being overagers, right? So that yeah. also adjusts things, too. Okay, but if you're Tampa Bay, do you think yeah. Tampa Bay would be happier right now to have Lucas Edmonds or Lane Hudson? Well, they didn't have that option. Yeah, but they didn't have that option, though. I thought Lucas Edmonds was a second round pick. Yeah, later. Yeah, but later. Lane Hudson was 62nd overall. Yeah, Tampa would have had, like, <laughs> seven. Yeah. But there's only 64 picks. Let me check, let me check, let me check. In the first two rounds. Let me check, let me check. There's no compensation for second round picks. Let me check. This isn't the NFL. Not yet, it ain't. <laughs> according to Tampa, uh, like a Tampa Bay writer just coming up here, yeah. he's uh, ranked as number 12 as their top under 25 for their whole franchise. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. No, I'm not either, but, but I'm, saying, saying, I'm surprised it's that high. I'm, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, oh, Tampa's prospect covered. Okay, sorry, he was third round. Yeah, okay, I didn't think he was second. 86 overall, though. That's yeah, early third. You, no, I, would, I was yeah, like, I was sorry, like second round. round. I was like, I don't think Edmonds went yeah. second so round. My, my bad on the memory there, but... No, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. it's okay. Like, I just, I'm just saying, like, if you're picking a player in the... Like, if you're picking a player in the 50 to 75 range, team yeah. needs should not matter. It should be... Just get the best player available and hope for the best three years on the road. 
Because if you're, think about it this way, if you need a six defenseman in a pinch, how much do those really cost? Okay. My only disagree. So let's say your biggest team need is is defense, right? Yeah. And in the first round, you're able to pick, or high, and you pick the defenseman you're looking for. Let's say, I don't Let's say let's say you're San Jose last year and it's in you pick top five, let's say and you pick Nevik or Yoke. Second round, maybe you take a goalie. If there's a goalie in that round that is decent. Your base team needs was still defense, but you already kind of addressed that in that first round. Maybe you look elsewhere to other teams, if that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes your draft strategy can come into play, uh, in terms of what you've already taken, for sure. But I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all of like just taking the highest value, I, I'm usually the fan of that, but I'm also, with the later rounds, I think you should be looking into what is my cupboard look like. What what do I need to fill to have an equal size cupboard? Maybe a little bit of that, but if you're in a prospect draft and you're choosing between a player, like if you're choosing between a defender who has basically no, no top four defensive upside, like he's basically guaranteed to be a fifth, sixth defenseman or a utility guy. And you're choosing between a forward who most likely his floor is in the third, fourth line, but he has the upside to get to the second line or the first line. You don't really need a forward, but you need defense. Do you take the defender who has really no upside and just has a decent floor? Or do you take do you take the forward who has some ceiling? <coughs> How did that even though you don't in? need the forward? Yes. Like to me, why would you take a worse player? Because it's a freaking action. Yeah. He's now a gap is there. It's not like an idiot! Yeah, they're both dead. You're an idiot! You're an idiot! Chip it up! Yeah, you gotta just chip it! Literally, yeah, literally. Just do anything to get the point you try to do. He tried to do a wrister, and instead he should have just chipped. And see, that's why Nolan Richie wasn't drafted! That's true. Speaking of guys not getting drafted, that wasn't Nolan Richie. No, that was Nolan Richie right in front of that seat. No, but he's too strong. No, no, it's the guy here. Oh, yeah, 25. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was just some unlucky podcasts. <laughs> Watching the laundry. Yeah, but I was just a stick. So going back to your question there. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you in that scenario, but I think it's more common that you find defensemen that are guaranteed. So let's say six to nine. Yep. Which I know is incredible. Versus a, a forward who has top six potential, but floor of AHL more is like AHL like second line. Yeah. I feel like that's more common. So would you rather would you rather get a guy who's more likely to be able to make a lineup and actually a, contribute to your game? Or a guy who's having played in, like not 50-50 but well, the first, have, have, having been a GM in the deepest fantasy league like that I've ever been a part of mm-hmm. keep in mind the only reason we had so many defenders available on the open market all the time was because we were only starting four per night. If when we move that up to five, if not six, that will change really quickly. Teams will be snapping up those five and six defenders to, you know, well, good oh, thing my defense is already pretty so okay. Easy. Sorry, I, I was talking real life there as well. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah. and I'm, I and I, I try to kind of keep it somewhat fantasy related while also keeping a real life, yep. the realism aspect to it. But um, so I I just want to qualify that. Yeah, um, to me. It, if you are talking about building the best organization possible, Ooh. you just want to get as many good assets as you can possibly get. And then 
you do what you have to later on to move those assets. That was so questionable. So risky, but it worked. It worked. Good. He, no, but you know what? He, has, lo- this game. he has a long stick. He has good size. He's able to use and his he, body to give him that level of separation that he needs. In and he makes moves. Yeah, exactly. And he helped Connor Bedard to two points in this game, which is actually below his season average. Cool. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I was a season average. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like he averaged a goal. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he had like what, hundred goals this year. Nah, if you count like World seven. Juniors. Oh, that's yeah. Yes, it's a hundred goals. This is this is Bedard right here. Oh, actually, is it? No, no, he's in the middle there. He's gone. He's gone to the. He's gone to good spots here. I goes Tanner now. So is Tanner now. Yeah, you'll see some. You'll see some flashes of of, of stick handling and. I don't know. Tanner Howe is interesting. I think I think the issue with Tanner Howe is that people have him pegged as like a top ten pick in the draft. I did not like that shift that he did. Oh yeah, he, he looked he, like John Tavares though. He has on his bad nights where he just he ha- floats in the middle waiting. He has some shifts like that, yeah. and that's why I said an hour ago, and I will say it again on the podcast because I think it's worth saying. After watching two or three games of Macklin Celebrity, I think I would not blame anyone for saying that Macklin Celebrity can be a better NHL player than Tom. I think I, I think I did say earlier that I think it's a better prospect. He plays a more complete game. Connor Bedard has some moments where he loses interest defensively. He's. I don't care if he loses. <laughs> I, I was about to say if you, if, um, I'm going to quote you now. He has a top five release in the entire world. If the guy puts up 50 goals a year and 100 points. Do you give a flying fuck if he's not putting up points? Look at Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane gives zero shits in Chicago remember, this year. Do you remember when Barry Trotz told Alex Ovechkin to play defense? It was the most boring Alex Ovechkin hockey <laughs> ever. Still wants to show up to a knife fight with a mini gun. He's going to outscore you 5-1. So, yeah. you want Ovechkin scoring 60? You want him scoring 30? The only thing I will say is that when, when Bedard has to go up against players like Connor McDavid, it's going to matter. That's going to be forward. It's going to matter how much he puts effort in defensively. And I'm not saying he does it because he does. Like he, well, he does back check hard. He does look to play position with set hockey. There's just so many, so many examples this season, especially where his teammates don't help him. So he does everything himself, and if, then he burns himself out on the minute. If he's basket. going to be a center at the NHL level, it matters a lot more how much he puts in defensively. Yes, I don't think if he can be. A, if he's going to be aware. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think he would be a really bad defensive center next year. Really bad. Okay. Can I can I put an argument in yeah, here? Yeah, go for it. I compare him a lot in terms of like not to the same degree, just like if you pull the trigger more and have a better <laughs> shot, which sounds crazy, but Panera in terms of like the way he likes to control the puck and the way he likes to hang on the puck. That's a really good that's a good comparison. It is a good comparison. And who do they have as their second line center? Vincent Troche. Why do they do that? Because they like to roll Vincent Trocek against the Connor McDavid's. You yeah. keep them separated. Oh, so right. if, if you can you can find someone to keep him separated with, if you pick up fucking Phil Deneau as your second line center, I don't give a fuck about how he does defensively because I don't will I will keep him the fuck away from Connor McDavid. So but now you're you're basically admitting now though that I want to poach him? Yeah. Well, oh, no, but, but what you're saying is, do you, do you think Connor Bedard can be an elite center? Not just... I I know he can be an elite center because he's going to score. He's going to put up 100 points in his career. No, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but does he need to be a selfie guy? No. No. 
But would, get better you rather, as he would, ages. would you rather have a selfie guy dude, who can also score 100 did, points, or would you rather have a 100 point dude, guy who can't? Dude, I think there's player. a reason why I'm actually really excited I get to pick two and take that Tilly, because personally, I do prefer those complete guys. But if I'm a good coach and I end up a good GM, I take Bedard because I know ways yeah. to like actually and now rule the, line. Yeah, the only yeah reason, exactly. And now the only reason that I say that I think Macklin Celebrini is a more complete player than Conor Bedard is because Macklin Celebrini is already a very high-level penalty killer in the USHL. Well, and my other thing is these, these wonder kids like Bedard, like Crosby, like McDavid, if you tell them they're bad at something, they'll they'll go the next. They'll come back the next year and be like Elite. top five in the league. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like Sidney Crosby on faceoffs, he was atrocious for quite a while. And then there was one summer where everybody was shitting on Crosby for his crappy draws. And he won like fifty two percent the next year. Okay, so let's shit on him more for like the uh, the cup checks, and maybe we'll stop doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all of the problems that. I brought up about Bedard are probably going to be solved in his first two or three practices in the NHL because once an once an NHL coach looks and says like you can't be on the ice for a minute it's straight, it's not going to fly unless you're on the power. Kovalchuk might begs it or not Kovalchuk, sorry, uh, Kovalev begs it over. Very few players can play a minute and a half NHL shift and be useful the entire time. That's actually one thing that does impress me about Bedard. His stamina is incredible. Like, he will be a minute. He'll be a minute plus into a shift, and you'll still see him dangling. You'll still see him back checking. Eventually, he burns out, and he just gives up. Yeah, like, he doesn't have to do that to you in shot, and he doesn't have to do that. Right, so and okay. he'll be, he'll he'll be, be with, to burst. Yeah, yeah, he'll be able to burst more. Exactly, and he's gonna be with better players. Exactly. So it's like a I, lot of the problems get solved just by him being in the NHL. And, and, and then, like, also think and so what these guys are saying. Like, think about he gets traded. Yeah. So what, sorry? Oh my god. Alright, alright, alright. We're gonna hold down on us. I didn't say my point. Wait, I don't even hear what he said. Oh, he's like, can you imagine who has Cam Loops? Cam Loops? Yeah. Cam Loops Blazers? Cam Loops? It's a much funnier way to say that. Anyway, anyway. What these guys are saying, and that I was gonna say, is that guys like this with world class pedigree are fucking animals, they're gamers, they will find ways to just be, continue to be world-class players and evolve in that sense. So that I'm not worried about... Fast food. I'm you not, I'm not, a, I'm not worried about the dark. Go back 15 seconds. Just, uh, just take a look at this name, Danielson shift here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was watching that. Yeah, 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 I just wanted these guys to see it. And there's something I want to go back to you or too. Like yeah. That you made we, I think we'll just end up doing like a two-hour podcast at this point. We'll just put it into multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we have topics here. Yeah, we have topics. So keep an eye on number twenty-nine, Nate Danielson. Makes that first play there. There he is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's he's back his his yeah. Good job. And then he. Nah, now he's getting. There you go. He gave him the option the whole time for the short pass. So you exactly. see, see Danielson here pick up the puck. Yeah. Nice protection. Nice protection. Yeah. And then I didn't even see him drop the pass. He's so good. Yeah. Was his vision. Funny. His vision is outstanding. Okay. So <laughs> we talked about him playing PK. Yeah. All do at a young age. When you're a young age and you're That's like better than everyone else, usually you you play a lot. It's USHL. I know they don't do it as much, but again, we're talking about Bedard here, and he was the best player on his team. Let's not forget about that, right? Far away, he scored 20 points in seven games in the playoffs and lost. Yeah. No GM was building around. So again, we're talking about him like playing a two minute shift because he. Probably because he had to. Yeah, and that's the so, thing. Like when you're talking about a player this good, you have to nitpick. You have to be like, 
why might he not reach his full potential? But well, I also want to give the example of if I'm a competent GM, I don't look at him and go, I, that is exactly the way I'd like him to play when he plays for my team. Oh. It, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not letting him play two-minute shifts. Unfortunately, it probably sounds like I've been criticizing the dart a lot here, and like, yeah, I, I might have I might have nitpicked a few of his um, unfortunate moments this year in the WHL, and you know, they're sure everyone's going to have them. And like, he's superhuman, but the it, second part of that word is still human. Yeah, and it's... Do I think that, you know, Macklin Celebrini has potential to be a more impactful two-way player? I would have to be honest and say I do think there's a very good chance that Celebrini has a better two-way game than Bedard. I mean, look at Anze Kopitar. That's like, like we, we were talking about Jaden Perron earlier, and how like, Jaden Perron is being talked about as a top-ten pick now because he's got elite skill. Just elite skill. And a wicked shot. Deception. Even, yeah. But, like, when I watch, when I watch the Chicago Steel which is the team that Perron and Celebrini play for, there's three players that stand out. First, it's Celebrini. Incredible. Drives possession for his line. Then who do I see? Then I see Nicholas Moldenauer. Nicholas Moldenauer, third-round pick for the Leafs, looks really damn good. He was awesome at the development camp. He looks really good. His skating, his vision, he's just an all-around really good player. He's probably a third or fourth. Probably a third line. He's got second-line potential. I don't think he's a first-line player, but... um, you see, he doesn't quite have the shot. He doesn't have the playmaking to be a first time. If he's a third round pick and he ends up on your roster, yeah, that's a good pick. You're really happy. That's oh, a good pick. Uh, he's a nice player. And uh, but what do I notice about Perron? Look at this. It's bad. First guy back. Perron is really interesting in terms of how he likes to set up offensively. Like in transition, you don't really see him pushing the pace on transition. He likes to be the trailer because he's got such good vision and his shot is just. Good. You, you don't even see Perron's release. It's so fast. He knew that, there was, he knew that guy was coming out of the corner. He, no, the defense of the Leaf Kings, like the 44 and 47, I forget the names right now. Uh, Satter King is 47. Satter King and uh, who's 44? I'm not sure who 44 is. Both of them look incredible. Like, their skating is great, their size big. is big. Yeah, they got good They reach. got a bit of skill, they like to jump in on the rush. Yeah. And 44 there, I think they were just a little bad thing, but. Yeah. Oh, Leighton Feist. Leighton Feist. And oh, no, no, no. That, that's on, that's on Regina. Sorry. I, I have to look up. Uh, and their first, the first goal there, that was on the goal. He's like way too far in front of his head. That's not his fault. Like, at all. I, I don't know. Like, they have looked really dynamic. Also, I'm really surprised at the WHL playoffs. Red Deer is about to knock out Saskatoon. Which shouldn't be surprising. Are Saskatoon. you serious? Saskatoon Blades? Yeah, I mean, Saskatoon's not as good as everyone gives them credit to. Uh, Who's Red Deer's goalie? It's, it's not even that, it's just that uh, Saskatoon is just kind of a bit of a, bit of a regular season team. Like their best player is probably Brandon Mazeski. That's a seventh round pick of. No, Yalvin? Of, uh, of Toronto. Oh! Yeah. What do you think of Jackson Mazeski? Interesting. Is yeah. He? Never heard of him. Um, he's, he's a Russian player. He should have been at camp last year, but. Had a great year in the WHL. Not even that day. Had a really good draft year. Five eleven, man. You said that it hasn't been goaltending. I will disagree with you. That's Red Deer's goaltending. Let me see. Nine twenty one and nine twenty five. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying their goaltending isn't good. I'm just saying. Oh my god, we the Wheat Kings have a Pasternak eighty eight. Dawson Pasternak, yeah. That's 
freaking awesome. <laughs> so, okay, for the record, 44, Evan, you found out it was? It was uh, Andre, oh gosh, Andre Melyavin, he's a Russian kid, 5'11", from Russia. How old is he? He's, uh... No, draft Well, he's draft eligible. Well, he's 04 birthday, so... Yeah. draft Yeah. So he's 19? Yeah. Was he drafted? No. He wasn't drafted. He looks good. Yeah, there's a lot of solid players on Brandon. They just, they didn't really have a lot of offensive skill. Yeah. And that's why Nate Anderson does show up quite prominently because he's born. Yeah. Again, that's goalie again. That's two goalie errors. Yeah, yeah, that was not a, that was not a great goal. Yeah, that's two goalie errors. But, I just want to say, like, going back to it, like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, on offense, it's been Nate Danielson, and then it's been those two defensively. Yeah. And you don't really see much... I, I don't know why. I remember Quinn Manti being a little bit more noticeable. And see there, he just gets beat out. That is not... Yeah, that's not you see that, You see that a little bit. Yeah, I didn't notice him at all. Yeah, and I remember last time watching it, he was a bit more noticeable. It depends on the game with him, and that's why he's, that's why he's a fan. Oh my god. That was horrible face. technique. Oh yeah, Carson Bjarnason is... That uh, is horrible technique. I know everyone loves him. He's a huge goalie. Yeah. I'm like, oh god, fuck. He's made two really terrible Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. That was really bad technical play right there. Ooh, I'm there. really... Okay, that was a good play there. Oh yeah. Wait. I'm really yeah. interested to see where the goalies go in fantasy drafts. Or just yeah, I love how they're, they're like, yeah, like, Bjornsson, but the numbers, but it's okay, because the team, he's having a good team. I'm like, well, he's not good technically, I mean... I've seen him. I've seen him have a few solid outings, but he's never. I know Her- Michael Harrible's getting a lot of love too. He's, yeah, because he's like six six or something. There's a few. There's a few European goalies this year. Uh, Adam Gajan played really well for Slovakia. Oh, oh, Adam Gajan or whatever. That's Gajan. Gajan. It's Gajan. Gajan. That's what I've heard at the World Juniors. I say. I say Gajan. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, I so tried. You're, you're butchering. You're butchering. You got laughed in and. In, what is it? It's Gajan. Gajan. <laughs> Fuck, man. And he's he, on every, every nationality is not is not protected in spirit. He's, and he's on my team. <laughs> and he's on your team. He's about to request a trade. Oh, man. Hey, I'll give you... Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Riley Greggs. Riley's getting a, <laughs> getting a trade. He deserves better. <laughs> he deserves better. I am. Oh. I'll fucking take him there. Right? No, 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 no. I'm keeping him. He's going to be a second record up this year. So. Okay, how does a... Trey Augustine probably be the first goalie off the board this year. Yeah, it's not I, I like Trey Augustine. Is it, is it Brabble or is it Brable? Or? It's terrible. I heard Ben Rogers said. You can H- pronounce that. It's H-R-A-B-A-L. How do you get hair on? I don't know. I just say hair. Oh, so you, oh, so I, I could be saying this one. Brabble? Brabble? Uh, it could be. Oh. I know. I'm, I'm, this, one, this one I'm totally open to like being correct. I don't care. But, but like the Guyana, it's at least I've heard that one before. So at least that's not on me. That's like I put that on like TSN's announcers, okay? <laughs> but Lafton? Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Lafton. You know, wait, wait, sorry, do you also pronounce it like Scoot or something? Like, is it like Scoot? Scoot Lafton? Is that what you're doing? Like, you're just being mean now. <laughs> hey, yeah, be careful who you invite on your podcast, alright? Beware of my co-host, guys. I drove three hours from Scoot. <laughs> yeah, you got it. It was like two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's drive a lead for this. Wow, those some of those freaking transports. Yeah, I I do not play transport drugs. I, I appreciate the work they do. Yeah. Uh, shutting down our, our nation's capital and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all the work they do, you know, delivering food. 
I, I wish I wish I could have got more laughs. That was a quality joke there. But all right. <laughs> no, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm like I'm not faced. By, I've seen way too much crazy shit to be faced by that. It's not like they like actually rushed into the building and stole shit. No, no, not only that. Like almost like tried to kill kill a it bunch of like top level leaders. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was a no 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 self guided tour redneck edition. Alright? No no tailgate edition. Although redneck tailgate edition. Not to get too political, but like a Florida Georgia tailgate. Yeah. That was a Florida man that was a Florida man self led guy. I uh why they all get from Berto. Alright, okay, you know what? Alright, before before we start losing fans here and listeners, alright, change change top, Kevin. We love you. It's your okay, podcast. So, uh, we do love we you, Western Canada. I, I do have a big question. Yeah, go for it. So, okay. The way we're talking about this draft, I'm just I want one quick answer before I go into the second question. So okay, raise yeah. your hand if you think that there are multiple players that could be qualified as a franchise player in this draft. Are are we raising hands so that people on the podcast can you can then say yes after like four of So yeah, I, so, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. Everyone yes. raised their hand. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Does that mean that we should actually look into expanding the league soon, sooner rather than later, for adding multiple franchise caliber players into this league? You want more than thirty-two teams? Woo! I'm just asking. Fish <coughs> got their Michigan attempt. Ooh, that was a nice oh, freaking one-timer. Top By the way, Stanislav's puzzle. Yeah, I'm. I'm not oh, surprised. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah, he's on this team. He's on the Regina pass. Not surprised to see him make the NHL late in the season with Columbus. Yeah, no, no, Esposo's so good. That World Juniors for me, I was like, wow, this guy can do everything. Sorry, going back to my question. Yeah, so there's, there's, so it's just the thought of like, if we have so much talent, like, I'm I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to shoot this out really quickly. Uh, Having been in the fantasy football league where there was 60 teams, and we had five copies of each player, it's just not fun. Like, there's something to be said about, I own this player, he's my player. And I understand we, we, you didn't bring up having multiple shares of different players or the same player. I was player. talking about real life here. Oh, in real life, in having real more life. than 32 teams in the NHL? Yeah. yeah. If we're adding oh. in this much influx of talent, oh. we're talking about how fucking incredible this draft is. No, I, I, I don't think there's... Well, also, I don't know more markets. Are there really more? He said starting, markets. I really say Montana. Starting, <laughs> are there really more starting NHL goalies around? Were there in the eighties? Is there ever? There's always a shortage of goaltenders. And that that yeah. Isn't wasn't the eighties a great time? Don't people mention players from that era like Dale Howardchuk? And who else am I missing? Uh who else is a great player from the eighties? There's some bums from the Edmonton Oilers you're missing you? out on. The Oilers have players? They were good in the eighties? Glenn Anderson. They were they were they were but okay. that's the name I was looking for, yeah, too. There you go. Bernie <laughs> McSorley? Marty McSorley, that's another great star yeah. caliber name. Peter Klima. Peter Klima. Yeah. Ron Tubman? Chris Simpson? <laughs> but yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, my father is like, Stu says not enough goals. That seems like a problem that solves itself. No, I, I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think you're, I think you're like, yeah, I mean, I mean, how many times you're going to have a draft like this? Though? I think the timing of it would have been great if it matched up with a draft like this. Uh, how exciting would that have been if like all the expansion teams were saturated in top five to get all these franchise players? Could you imagine if, if this season, if we had a, if we Seattle and Vegas were like franchise teams coming, or like new franchises? That would be insane. Yeah. That would be so, insane. So the only thing I'm going to say is next year's draft has I'm I'm 
I'm very, very confident saying this one franchise player next yeah. year. I think I'm after seeing Team USA, I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna go out and say there's there's two. Cole Eiserman, hundred percent. He he's a franchise really player. Good. He looks really good. He's yeah. a franchise player. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Kiva Harju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, everything you said sounds good. He sounds, he, he, I mean, I've heard really good things about him. I haven't seen him, so I'm not going to make a comment on him. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's at least two players next year, plus next year has Cole Hudson. Yep. Who's going yep. top 10. Yep. He is definitely going top 10. Yep. It also has. Do you know if there's uh, two other Hudsons? I didn't know that. So there's another one that's younger and one that's older that he actually plays with right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, uh, he plays on the I was making a joke that Montreal was trying to get, grab all of the Hudson's. I mean, why not? <laughs> he likes San Jose and Pearl. Yeah. I think, I think no, Cole no, Hudson man. is a, I'm not sure Shit. Cole is a left or a right shot, but either they, way. They shoot the same. So he's a lefty then. Yeah. Okay. I know I the younger one shoots the right as a forward. Okay. Um, I guess New Jersey and New There's a, yeah, next, year's, that, that's a next year's draft will be City really interesting. Is. Um, I mean, in terms of franchise players, oh, by the way, Pete Danielson right now running the power play. Oh. He's like, look at his, his vision, his passing. Like he's, and he's not, prepped as soon as he passes. He's not afraid. Like, you can tell. He's just Ooh. such a high IQ player. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan and he attacks it. And that's why I'm like, I can't I can't understand how every single skill that I know has Sam Collins that created above me games. It baffles me. Was in the right spot. Like, he knew exactly where to be. Yeah. He's yeah. just he's he's always in the right place, and I I think part of it is just his teammates look for him all the time. <laughs> but yeah, if you're like clearly the best player in your freaking team, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, like if your teammates are always looking for you, they're always there, and you're always well, open. Who cares? I'll give you this case right now. So here in this case here, he's on the power play, standing in front of the net, open, yeah. wide open. He's been sitting there for like a couple seconds while the puck got right around. The defenseman makes a move, dodges this guy. I think if he didn't pass there, it's the dumb move. Either you shoot low for a rebound for him to pick up on, or you do a shot pass to him, which is what they did, because he was wide open with an open lane pass. Yeah. So you might argue, oh, he's looking for him. I'd argue his coach would yell at him if he didn't make that pass. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Oh, it was the obvious pass. Yeah. Just, I'm no, just, but I'm, that, that speaks to both of, of the points yeah. he's made. Of, he's the best player. You want to give him the puck as much possible. He's also the best player, so he's in the right spots. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's no part of Nate Danielson's game that concerns me. It's, it's super easy to project into the NHL. He's the captain of this team. He's been producing since he was 16. Richie is. No, Richie has the C. Okay, so he's got the A then, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Look at this. He's spreading misinformation all over the place. I got you. Yeah, this, is why, this is why you get us on the. On, on, yeah, on you, guys the are like, show. you guys are like, I'm like the Joe Rogan. You guys are just like, well, let me check to see if that's accurate. Bro. I mean, I'm usually not that way. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm like that on our <laughs> podcast. I'm like, guys, fact check me if you're on here. And he's like, Stuart, yeah. whatever you will. Yeah. I just go, I don't fucking think this. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to. I <laughs> try to make sure I'm. Uh, my hockey, the hockey reference and elite prospects are very helpful during our uh, pod. Yeah, very. Shout out. I'm yeah. trying to do this without having a laptop or a phone open, which I don't normally do, which is why I occasionally So, shout out to uh, Elite Prospects. If you guys want to sponsor us, uh, that'd be great, because I've made the, the argument, as soon as we make money for our podcast, I want to spend it directly into getting a subscription. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember where we parked. Don't worry about that. It's we'll, ju- we'll just we'll just pay up the parking fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh damn! Oh my god, you're right. Oh my yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, no, no, we should we should go take care of that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna pause the podcast for now and go pay a parking ticket. Yeah. So, uh, so Kevin's <laughs> car just get towed away by the Montreal. Uh, oh, it'll get towed. No. Well, uh, my uh, my car has not been towed, but my credit card is wandering the streets of. Yay! Well, oh, I was gonna say. Out with the old one, in with the new. There <laughs> we go. Yeah, there you go. So we are back. Let's uh, let's restart this uh, Regina brand game here because I'm just. That was actually really cool. The audio coming in there. That's like we couldn't even. Well, that might actually be like the best. That that was gonna be that's gonna be such a cool transition. Oh my goodness, we should probably stop. Um. <clears throat> Anyways, so let's get back. So, okay, I wanted to ask you about Jaeger and Danielson as comparable, because I feel like they've been talked about as having similar sort of games, but then Evan said that he had a little bit more of, like, an insight on that. So you want to take this one? Well, okay, well, I just want to, like, talk about, like, Jaeger. I mean, if anything, like, I'd love to hear what you guys have, just very briefly, in, like, 30 seconds or less, like, what you guys have any thoughts on or what you've seen about him before I say anything. Dave's comparable, that's what Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, Stu. I can wrap it up. And... Did you say Jonathan Taves compared? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just, <gasps> just, just like, yeah. yeah. I don't have all that. Okay, all right, Kevin. Yeah. All of her. Anything. Like, no, no, just like, keep it really short, like 15 seconds. Need to see more. Good shot. Good player. Can't say that much yet. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, something that I watched recently and it was really interesting with the way the guy was talking about him, but like, you know how, like, people are saying, like, oh, the effort and the lack of defense and stuff but you, you've heard those knocks, right? I don't know yeah. if you guys have heard those knocks. Oh, yeah. But, like, I actually I've, think... I've heard that he does have some, like, effort issues, but when he's engaged, he's engaged on both ends. No, exactly. And so, like, that's what makes this interesting because a team that doesn't get Danielson but that likes the game, you could be getting a guy in Jaeger that has a killer freaking shot that could potentially play a similar not, it's not even perfect, but when I say similar, I'm talking about maybe 60-70% overlap, potentially. But aren't they supposed to be picked, like, Jaeger before Danielson? It's interesting yeah, yeah, you think he is higher. Yeah. Right? That's interesting the way you're speaking about it, though. Because, no, but I'm saying that in, because of what's happened with draft stock and everything, right? Because Jaeger was, ta- I mean, I don't know where he's touted. You tell me after, Kevin. But Seven? He was touted in the top oh. ten for the longest time of the year. And I, don't, and I don't think he's going to be a top ten pick because of that. It's, I could be wrong. I, there, there could be a team that does their homework and everything on them, but based off of if you, if you're going if you're projecting the picks based on the opinions and everything, the draft stock, I think he's he, currently he's going to be outside of the top ten. But prior prior to this year and everything else coming into it, in the beginning, everyone's like, yeah, like this guy's a top ten talent. Yeah. So so so, so like so that's why I said what I, the way I said it because of the rise and like the spike in Nate down. I mean, some people have him like going as high as like five or seven. Depending yeah. on where, where, where you read it. Here's here's the thing. Like, we brought this okay. up earlier, and it was a really good point. Like I, I think it's fair to say that they're, if, if you're projecting the absolute ceiling for players without, you know, there being just meteoric rises by you know, players outside of the top four, I think we can actually kind of presume, which is insane, but... You can almost say there's going to be four franchise level players coming in this draft. Like Bedard and Fantilli. Can I say three and a half? 
Carlson's a bit of a... No, yeah, I'm not Mitch Carlson. Mitch Carlson might have. Well, Carlson, I don't know if it's a guarantee, although he's... I don't know if he'll be a franchise-altering player as much as just, like, really good. high-end, if that makes sense. Like, he's, like, in that bubble between. Yeah, because if you're talking about franchise changing, there's, there's maybe five or six of those. Currently? You're saying? At any given time, there's usually only five or six, like, truly franchise-changing lineups. <clears throat> so who would they be currently? David, <clears throat> Dreisaitl, uh, yeah. I know, that's crazy, that's how bad the roster is outside of this team. Uh, no disagree. Um, McKinnon is obviously a third, Pasternak is a fourth. Yamakara out of Pollux? Yamakara, I would say Kassian. That's fair. No, I'm just bringing him up. It's his opinion, so yeah. Jack Hughes. I'm just trying to wait, name names, okay? Yeah. No, but we can. Uh, we yeah, actually, Vasilevsky, one hundred percent, is a potential changing player. Okay. There is, uh, there's, there's a few I'm definitely missing here. That's really Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner. No, he's been a better player than Matthews. Two way game minutes. Yeah, there's only, there's only how many guys score sixty goals? Fair enough. Matthew Chuck. Matthew Kachuk, that's nine right now. The entire, yeah. the entire, like the entire makeup of your franchise changes. Like when you have Jonathan Dubrido compared to Matthew Kachuk, yeah. like yeah. that Florida team took a massive step back in terms of roster talent because of getting Matthew. Losing Weger, it was the right move. Like it was yes. the right move. You get Matthew Kachuk when you have a chance. How, how? Okay. Because there are only right now we have nine. We have nine franchise changing players. My issue with Florida: one, coaching; two. Um, I, I could move past that, but yeah. no. Two should have kept. They should have kept. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Runa. Yes. Two goaltending. Three. They didn't do anything to insulate the Mackenzie Weezer. Yeah. Mackenzie Weeger. Yeah, I was going to say Mackenzie Weezer. Say it ain't so. Wait, sorry, hold on. But so they didn't do really do. Yeah. They didn't really do much to insulate that, right? At all on the trades. No, people stepped up. But they tour. Really stepped up. 70. 75 points. But they still did nothing behind him. Like, they had Montreal last year, right? He was okay. No one complained about him. It was good. I understand that he picked it up, but they didn't bring anything up. <coughs> like, even I understand that maybe you had the one-for-one replacement. <coughs> <coughs> Michael Bay. Right I, was, I was talking to a Florida Panthers scout at a house game. Interestingly enough, I was asking about his prospect pool. I was like, what are you guys doing on defense? You don't have any high paces here. What are the players? He's like, Nothing they can do, but he's like, you know what they need? Yeah, an Arbor Jacka. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't love a kid coming out of obscurity becoming a star defender? Happens more often than you think. Like Turbex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the entire year, the Arizona Coyotes roster, JJ the second Gozer. half of the year. Yeah, and actually, like, if, yeah. if there's one thing that Mark Bergman did really well, it was finding tiny guys. Like, not even tiny guys, just, just finding, depth depth guys. finding depth defenders yeah. and turning them into valuable assets. Like Matt Kulak. Yeah. That was a really, really, really. And then he'd sell them for not enough. I'd argue one of his best moves was overall, he got more for Murphy. Scandella, then he gave up for him. <laughs> That's actually true. You're that right. was an epic trade. <laughs> You're right. He was fun to watch as a have. We saw him live three times that year, right? 
That was a year that we went like I, I think I saw three oh, times. Shoot, that you, that you're there. right. Yeah. How can I forget my NDG boy Marco Scandella? Jeez. Um. Yeah, you're right. He was fun. He was solid. But then we, we did the right thing. We traded him away. Hundred percent. So good job, Bert. You're listening to Kevin's <laughs> podcast. But also, like, Bergie, you put Montreal through a dark, dark time of mediocrity. Also, 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 Bergie, I'm not, I'm still not happy today about how you treated Andre Markov. No, that was no, cool. no, 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 that, that was not cool. not cool. You don't do that to a guy that's been here his entire career. And Markov was such a staple, perhaps. Dude, he's a 30 yeah. plus, 32 plus year old defenseman that continue to put up, like, literally 40 points every year, 35 to 40 points every year. Good on the power play. Play MP, literally do everything. You play your top four. You play your on your top pair as your second guy. Yeah, I. That thirty-eight year old. He was. Everyone thought that Roman was going to be the the Markov. No, that was no, a great trade. That was. A, I called that trade. Oh, I love talking about the doc trade. Oh, the doc trade was incredible. I called that shit. So and it's funny it. too because at the time it was a bit of a tough pill to swallow because like I actually no. Not for me. Oh, I don't know about you, but I actually... That might be controversial for... I mean, mean, I love Romy, don't get me wrong, but, like, think about how he was playing and how he was contributing. Uh, That's not where I'm going with it. You know who I really, really, really like? Who? Guess who they... Yeah. (laughs) Guess who Chicago took with that pick? Frank 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 Nazar. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, Frank Nazar was good. I liked him, but, like... Would you rather have Frank Nazer and later or would you have Kirby Doc right now on your team? Oh, 100% you take Kirby Doc. Okay, so it's like, there you go. Kirby Doc at oh, I'm just saying, at like, Chicago two. might look smart in the future for that trade. Yep. New York will not look ever smart for that trade. Yeah, so I don't really care because Montreal came out I mean, winner, in my opinion. So far. So far. I think they could come out looking okay. not stupid. Yeah, not stupid. <laughs> I mean, Romanov's been really solid He's for the Islanders. He's going to be in the NHL for them for some period of time. Yeah. He's just... They're going to make games played. I don't know if he's ever going to be worth it. I, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to, in this scenario, win the trade. But I don't no. think they'll necessarily... You don't have to win a trade. That's not the point of trades, necessarily. Nope. No, but they felt they, they felt the need on their team, and they got a young guy that could be there if for he, a while. If he can learn and grow with Dobson, they have a great... Pick. I think that he's gotten better this year, honestly. He has. So, you know, it's not a bad... He's still really young. He's so for right slightly now. selfish reasons, I would love to see the Islanders give Sam Rivers a chance. He's playing. He's playing. I know, he's, he's playing. playing yeah. Yeah. He I'm, I'm happy to see actually that. looked solid, but he kind of shied. If that makes sense. Yeah. But don't blame him. He's, he's been given very, very little leash time. Yeah, no, but he's played he a lot yeah, That's the problem. Well, no, he was playing with... He, they switched up the lines and played him in Pelican. But the problem is he, <coughs> he got, like, a game here and there early in the season. And he scored a goal in one game. He played more than last five, though. No, he played 17 games on the strip. Oh, 17? Yeah, yeah, no, he actually he had a good... He got a good strip. Yeah. Well, he had a strip. And then, yeah, like, they played him in the top four. It is nice to see. He's gone. Which, I want to talk about that, because I'm going to segue this. What is your top 10 defenseman, and, like, if you had to rank, like, if you were doing your EA ratings for next season, and do Carlson and Burns make your top 10? Carlson does. I, I need to compile mine, and I'm going to answer Because Carl, or Burns had, was third for, tied for third for most goals as best this season, and also at 65 points. Oh, I have to, I'm going to have to make my, uh, my D chart. I don't know if you ever saw my uh, my defenseman. It was like a, a graph, basically, and it was going back from two thousand and five to this past year. Uh, this season, basically, it was showing all of the congratulations for the season. Burns is near the top, though. Oh, like Latang, Burns, uh, 
and this is to the Birds shooting along. <laughs> yeah. Carlson's been up there every single year. Except for injury year. It's like it was it was just really interesting to look at the chart though and look at how like you look at kind of comparable players and you look at the first three seasons of the year and you look at the season four. And you just I think it was easier to three and four, but a huge jump. And that's why like going into the season, there's a few players that I really wanted to look at in the draft. It's like Dolan, Iskinen, Sergei Kavanaugh, Adam Sackler. All three of those choices I agree with. Yeah, it was like they were just they were just completely obvious Sire? choices to so, well Sider obviously <coughs> but like, he was he was three years too early. In a sense that like he just you know how long okay. Darling did not come into the NHL and play at the level that Moritz Sider played at the NHL. It took him <coughs> three years to get to the level that Moritz Sider was playing at. Yeah, but it took Jack Hughes a couple years to get to the level that Jack Hughes. So oh, I know. some guys need that. Adjustment. And that's my point where it's like it's very rare to see defenders come in in their first year. Especially for fantasy. Because the production doesn't usually come in the first season. Yeah, what was interesting is they actually kind of just handed the reins to him because he popped off to start. And they had to do Yes. And then, but then Philip Froenick, uh, right? The yeah. He came in, and this, like, the last couple seasons, he's kind of been a bold guy offensively, right? They've now traded him away, so I think they're trying to hand him back. Yeah. So, could be interesting to see what happens there. But, again, going back to it, like, so you said yes and no on Burns. Yeah, so I mean, if I was looking at like who I would be taking, it'd be Ian Carr, Dolan, uh, Iskin, and Dusty. Just after Dolan. And then there was Adam Fox. Adam Fox, great. I was forgetting Adam Fox. I have. It's awful. Yeah, you can, I mean, we, I'm not forgetting because we thought Eric Carlson. Why don't we just compile like a group list? It's really list. tough, but like I think Hedman just gets it. Edmund? Oh, that's true. Hedman, yeah. He's, he doesn't Slavin? deserve it, though. I don't Slavin's think in my top ten. Slavin? Quinn Hughes. Who's the Edmund? Edmund will impact. Get, yeah, Edmund will get a top ten too. ranking. He doesn't deserve it. This, this Wait, season so was we not... Have, yeah. We have Lakar, Fox, Heiskanen, DK65, Yossi, Hedman. This was not uh, a good year. Slavin and Quinn Hughes. Eight so far. Yes, Doug Hamilton? Dougie Hamilton is yeah he's had a, he's had a fantastic season. I think personally. Yeah 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 pretty much. Uh, so this Burns round that out. Yeah, Heshey's a name that comes up there. No, oh not Forsey. Or Morgan Riley didn't. I mean, yeah, Josh Morsey somewhere higher than these guys. My yeah. apologies, but yeah, Josh, we, we messed up on that. You got it, and and you could you could even argue like Vince Dunn deserves to be in the conversation as like a tenth, as a tenth guy. Would Would you have sure. Petrangelo over Hedman or Sergey? Yeah, like, Sergey had a better year than like if you can't if you're considering Hedman, you have to consider Sergey. So I would be down. Too. Okay, so let's remove Hedman. Hedman didn't even make my. We're not ready to sell. No. Yeah. Oh, yours? Edmund didn't even make my list. I just put him on there because like the Hamilton one. I forgot about him. I was like, I'm forgetting some guys. You, well, you said you said Sergey Kevin and I immediately put my name. Yeah, I was like yeah. instantly. Oh, Tampa defense. That's yeah. Victor Hedman. Yeah. Did Sergey have a better season than Hedman? I, I don't know. No. But Compared to his still, usual standards. Still, like, from her playoffs. I mean, so yeah. I mean Petrangelo had a good season. 54 points, 73 games. Good season. 
like it was tied. It was tied with his career high, actually. Believe it or not. I think he had a better. I think he had a better year than uh, than Vic Redman. I'm gonna be completely honest. But more excited. No, I don't think. I mean, he finished with like 40 points in the year. But I think the idea. But I think it was a little bit down in there. Makes sense. Josh Morrissey. Yeah, I think Burns could be above Headman. Josh Morrissey. I would agree. These could all. I I would agree with that. But obviously, Slavin needs to be on the field. It's an interesting breakup. Yes. But again, I'm talking EA ratings for next season kind of thing. Like, that, that, that's true. It's EA, so I'm, I'm like... No, no, no. I'm saying like, we're making our hope. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I'm saying just projection for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Overall for them. Oh, shit. Charlie McAvoy. Are we including Sh- Charlie McAvoy? Yeah. Like, dude, we yeah. forgot about that. I'm like, I'm forgetting. Like, dude, there's guys we're going to forget. There's a lot of good defensive. You know, like, Campus Leno should get a career high rating. Right? Like, honestly. Dude, McAvoy fifty two and six. Orlov should get a career high rating too. Yeah, honestly. is that is that crazy to say? No, it's not. He should be like yeah. an eighty seven in the next game. I agree with that. Yeah, like honestly, he deserves it. He's always sat like eighty five or so, eighty four, eighty five. I think he had one year of eighty six in Washington. Yeah, maybe. but I, I think don't think he's enough. See, I have not played many games. Uh, we've played like all of pretty much all. I, I I took a little break and just focused on. Madden 23 just before we played the shit. Well, I mean, I mean, I played what was it? I used to play 15 a ton, and then I started playing what 18 with you, 18, and then 18 all the way up to the games today with you. Yeah, one year removed. I mean, shout out to like Jared Spurgeon or Jonas Verdine because honestly, those guys deserve high rating, not ridiculously high, but they should be high 80s. I'd give Spurgeon a high one, right? I can give Spurgeon an 88. Like a 88 His defensive game strong enough. Like 88 89 for me. Like, what are you giving Slavens to? So he he's 90. He's 90. Sorry? That's so many high rate defenses. You're giving Spurgeon an 88. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've just heard it. Ratings it's used to be fucking really excellent. Stingy. They're not in. Oh, they aren't? Well, here's the funny thing. <laughs> they want to keep McDavid at 97 because of the double. Haha, funny. So no, he should be ninety nine. Thank you. You're yeah. stupid. Yeah, they, they don't make him a ninety nine. And then everybody else's rating should just down from that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But that's still. But like again, if you're doing it like here, you can have a decent spread at the top still. It's like cheers. Oh, yeah. just uh, keep an eye out because Nate Danielson's going to score goals. Yeah. Um, thank you for the. Oh, and cards. Oh my god, shocker. Spoiler! Whoa. Yo, oh my god, this guy scored? It took him freaking 100 games, finally. I, I picked the one game where Bedard only scored one goal and got one assist, and the assist was kind of like Like the one in this game? Yeah, because it's like, I want to show you the one game where Bedard just isn't completely dominant. Well, where you can't take your No, Mor- Morrissey should be top 10 for a year. Yeah, 76 yeah. and 78. That's insane. He could be third. Um, one of the things that I've noticed the most is you talk about the possession. He does have that, but a lot of the time they're forcing him back with it, and he has to regroup. Well, like that's a lot of his possession play. If there's one thing that I'm noticing about the CHL is that there are some coaches who make a lot better and there's some coaches who make more money. So embarrassing. Uh, Peterborough's coach should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that's in line with our OSHA series, guys. That's so yeah. funny. That's totally in line with our OSHA yeah. series. That is perfectly in line with that. <laughs> we should, we should just take that clip and just yeah. plug it into our into our OSHA episode. 
I just I apologize for that man's family. Whoever. Don't is. apologize. If they suck, they suck. It's. I know just, how insensitive that sounds. And it's it's technically it's not fully his fault. His team isn't his team is forward heavy and they don't have good defense. Okay. So it's not entirely his fault, but they just give him a stupid amount of chances. That's like, a gold club. It's not bad. Like Michael Simpson's solid. It's not amazing, but for OHL standards, he's he had good numbers. So if you have your top ready, you just try to push them as well as possible. Yeah, the, the, amount of, the amount of the amount of stupid yeah. scoring chances they give up. So the Vegas method. You literally just Vegas it. Just Vegas <laughs> method defense. That's it. Let, let the guy see it. Let them shoot through the perimeter. And then also just chip it whenever you can to get it out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you I go think, battle in the neutral zone. I think it's possible that Peterborough might be moving to Ottawa. Although Ottawa's not. Hey! Ottawa? Hey! Ottawa? <laughs> what do you say for Ottawa? Huh? They, I got a couple they, of them on my team. Did they set a record for points this year? Yeah. Record? It'd be really good this year. Logan Morrison on that team. 51. Not that good. You were not that good. I'm just like, I've been looking at the standings the entire season for Prospect League. So, uh, Peterborough, I think, is moving to Vancouver. Which, ooh, if there's a few players from Peterborough, I can bring in. Uh, you are looking for a spark plug in a multi category league, Brendan Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Like, I just oh, want to Oh, yeah. I, he so just wants to start fights. Yeah. He just wants to hit anything that moves. He also can score really well. He's just he's so he's either like Kreider two point then for like do you know, no, Michael, do you know what Michael Bunting is? He is he's he's that on crack. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! Like I was at which Leafs every single year. What oh 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 oh! What a nice goal! Oh, yeah, Rewind that. that? Watch that. that. Watch that. <laughs> that was nice. Goalie cursed on that because you know he got he got freaking wrecked Personally. on that play. This is Nate Danielson doing what he does best, right? In this spot, that yeah. translates to the NHL. Yes. Yeah. Well, depends on the goalie. Some goalies I don't, would, wouldn't drop there. On yeah. Their, yeah. Stylistically, some some of them wouldn't drop. No, that's just like a, a 50 50 thing. I'm like, yeah. on, on, the, it's more or less the fact that he stick handles to three players yes. into the slot is more what I'm referring to. That, yeah, I agree with this. That's, that's what you want. I, I don't drop. care. The fact he, he finished the, is, the fact he finished is just the icing on the cake on that play. Yeah. It's, just the, it's the tendency and it's the fact that he's skillful enough to do that. So many players, like there's very few that have skilled that can do that. He knew the time, the space, and the move he wanted to use to get there. I've seen Samuel Hunzik make a move in front of the net like that once no in ten games. Yep. That's what I'm saying. He that's, dro- that's like, and then dropped. I'm the only one that caught that. That's funny. I saw that too. Uh, what happened? Rewind it. <laughs> Just rewind it. You'll see. It was like her reactionary thing. It's funny. They like they they plugged. Stand that should be worth going back for. It. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and you guys know what I'm saying about the hand. Yep. Just be with a goalie. Okay. Edge of his crease dropped. Yeah. That makes the top of your net open. Yeah, it's 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 less about the finish and it's just completely about the, the tendencies for me and like can you do can you can you get to NHL scoring spots you know, with multiple different ways. Like are you able to skate with speed, are you able to puck handle it, are you able to beat? There's gotta be a bunch of you have to have a multiple different ways of scoring. And that's why like when I watch players like I'm gonna use Samuel Hawks as an example because I just watch so He's, he's kind of a one-dimensional player. 
and does he have the potential and the skill to become more buried? Sure. I don't know where he gets there, but he's got a pretty good floor. A guy like a Danielson, no, there's way more than a floor. There's a ceiling. And it's pretty easy to see. <coughs> I think him and Jaeger will be an interesting pair. I'm going to watch a lot of Jaeger tomorrow, yeah. and we will maybe have you on your show tomorrow. Pop on. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, just invite myself on your podcast. Okay. Really? Right, as long as your audio is working. I, I insert myself. Oh, oh just go to my bedroom. Here we go. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, okay. We talked about Kevin beating himself off, and now Steve's like, yeah, see, I just got my bedroom. <laughs> he also wrapped his legs around you. Hey, well, also, no, I, 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 I well, He also yeah. was fingering a piano earlier. Whoa. That makes it so Well, good. so Riley's just completely outing Kevin on his own podcast. All right, I see. Excuse me. Can you deny those accusations? All you could, all you needed to say, Kevin, was I can neither confirm or deny what has been said. You didn't need to throw yourself further down the freaking well. All right, man. Yeah, dude. It's just a joke. I can neither confirm nor deny. The immigrants love Nate Danielson because of the funds, the Westman uh, Westman Immigration Services Foundation. Yeah. So every every goal is a hundred dollars. How many goals did you score this year? Nate Danielson. Yeah. Uh, thirty three. So three thousand four hundred. Yeah, three thousand three hundred. Services because of your goals and scoring. That's like right fifteen hundred foot above. Hey, 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 every bit counts, okay? I know, but that's just I know. It's not a mind blowing amount. No, no, you know who they need to get in fucking mind blowing amount. No, 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 no. You know who they should have got? They should have got fucking kind of a dad to fucking get that one going. <laughs> Who's thinking that bet? And then after and then after <laughs> and then after and then like fine. No no but the, but they would have not been happy about that. If you get it if you get a big enough like organization that they don't they can Nah, you know what? Screw it. No, no, no. Imagine being the sponsor for their team this year. No, no, no. Screw that. Yeah, going to their game might have been an investment. You show up, you get the, like, you sit in the lower seats, you get all the Oh my god. Look at the 50 at this Brandon E. Kings game. $66,980. That is more, that is more than what I've seen at Habs games. That is insane. That is the Connor Bernard. Yeah. No, you know what? No, no. New regular season attendance record. Oh yeah. Now you know I take back the Bedard thing. They should no that that the Westman the immigration they should have just gone to the Winnipeg Ice and just been like yes, and then, and then they'll just they'll just like rack up a little money every single goal that team scores. I don't know if you're like some big like heart and stroke foundation, you can just like give a tax write off. Go, we'll we'll pay a hundred dollars. We'll we'll donate a hundred dollars for every Steve Bedard goal. Who's donating that money? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was asking. You get you get so many donations as heart and stroke. Like I don't understand what you mean. Like where's that money coming from? Yeah, I think you have to get it sponsored by like a company. Like, like yeah, Coca Cola sponsoring. Yeah, we'll get money too. Well, they they have tons of sponsors already. Not that I'm just affiliated with Coca Cola. <laughs> They have. Tons I mean, if they want to, if they hey, they want to partner with us, Real Housewives of Hockey wouldn't mind Coca Cola. 
they have like hey hey, hey. I'm let me say this for sponsorship wise all right look i take coca-cola any go over pepsi i know that's a shout out to my friend from atlanta georgia he's got that uh that coke connection you know? that's true that's true i bit i hey i i, I tour coca-cola world all right all right i'm a real fan <laughs> all right give me that give me that sponsorship Kevin is deeply invested in this game and he wants to be the first time watching a game since the second time that he played Honestly, the funny part is the other defense. Oh, 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 what a save by the Pats goalie there. Dive. He looked like Cam Ward out there. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, a good reach. That's what I told you. Right? Exactly. That's a good reach. Hey, 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 I know what's up, okay? That was a good pass. That was one of like my first. That was a good pass. I used to have a Cam Ward jersey. Ooh, goalies who are really good at handling the puck in the CHL. I don't know if he's got NHL potential, but Brett Roche. Yeah, London. Yeah. He, he. I've never seen a goalie like Carey Price. He just comes out to play the puck every single chance he gets. That goalie has ADHD. I swear. Goalie has ADHD. He's like a sixth or a third defenseman. He just sees a puck and he's like, No, he comes out even when there's just no need for it. It's just the defenseman's like rounding the corner. Does he hit? Brochu? No, I haven't seen him. Okay, that's what he's gotta pick up. But he uh, he's he's just He has the go bossman mentality on on, on the other and on the, he's I having like a other really, He's gotta go Arendelle. He's actually having a really good playoff. So. No, no, he just fakes it. Ooh. Dell does it. Here's a good guy. Here's a good little segment. There you go. Let's try to think about who Who does it? Who is the goalie for the World Junior team? For for which country? Canada. Of course. Thomas Millish. Oh, sorry, for the UA of was it U twenties? Oh that's a good question. Uh, how old is uh, Scott Scott Ratzlaff or, or Isaac whatever Rat, the guy on the uh, Thunderbirds? He's wait, partnered wait. with Millich. Can I say one thing just up front? Levi, no fucking way. Next. <laughs> Ooh, Ratzlaff is draft eligible. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what uh, I'm. He's, s- had a, he's had a bit of a rough stretch, right? but he is. He seems to be ranked in the top nine, so I would expect him to be at least a second. Coach Jeffs. This year's fantasy draft for goalie is going to be kind of funny, just because whoever drafts the first one is it's going to be a bit of a game of chicken. A ripple effect. Yeah, it's yeah. going to set off the chain. Like I think it's there's going to be teams that are like kind of hesitant to take one, but you know someone's probably going to do it. Not late. this motherfucker here. I think someone's doing it late in the first. Not this motherfucker here. Not me. No, I'm not you thinking of goalie in the first. first round picks. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh yeah, you guys do. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You know what? Right? Let's let's just let's just let's just turn the world upside down. Let's just take draft goalies one two in this draft. <laughs> All right, Bedard, Fantilli, who needs them? We're about to get goalies that are gonna dominate. Trey Augustine, come to the team. Six no, we're just gonna have Trey Augustine, Thomas Miller. There you go. Done. Which, by the way, but Thomas. Do I, but do I trade this pick for Tage Thompson? Can uh, Can someone explain me why it's better Thomas than the other is? one? <laughs> it's better than the other one. Thomas Millich still a free agent? I think he is. Yeah, but no one can pick any. No one can pick. Yeah, do you lock it? Don't don't abuse this, Kamesh. I didn't. Only I didn't pick him up. Wait, wait, you can. That means everyone else should have free free reign to go pick him up. Then. 
Yeah, I see that little smirk on your face. You're get, being held well, down while I'm recording right now. If you cut it out, I will, I will complain. If you cut this out, I will complain. I will, I will veto that move. This is a live wire. I'm threatening you with a friggin' veto. All right, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that he is in fact a free agent in our league. Now, okay, I'm just. The other thing is, if you have a player who is not affiliated with an NHL team, this is for people in Dynasty League Three too. If you have it. If you have a prospect who is not either signed to an entry level contract or has not been drafted, they can stay on your roster until I think it'll be like July second or July third is when they make their entry draft. So once we have our entry draft, if your player hasn't been drafted or signed to an entry level deal, you have to drop them. But if they get signed, you can draft them. Thomas Milich technically is fair game. Wait, can we go pick guys up right now? Um, I'm not 100 sure. Let me see. Because uh, you know, you know, just, just, something just called a uh, competitive edge. Just give me one second. He's already picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprise. Have there been any roster moves in the last series? Like, I don't see. No, it's very, I, I got a notification. What the fuck? Wait, hold, <laughs> hold, hold the phone. phone! Did I even see this? <laughs> yep. I was watching the exact same thing. Okay, it comes a little bit later, but you'll see. You'll know. I want that too. Okay, watch. <laughs> that was awesome! That was awesome! That's why he's going, and that's why he's a top pick. Right there. That... He's <laughs> awesome. He like shit elsewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's redeemed himself in my books. No, that was just kidding. So that, that was wrong. That's the perfect way to put so it. For the record, you want to, who wants to explain? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's that, you, you do it. I'll get. I'll let you. No, Stu, you want to? Sorry, you want to explain what happened? <laughs> that was sick. Okay, so the goalie, what's his name? Carson Bjornsson. Carson Bjornsson. Bjorn. Bjorn. So the Bjornsson. So the Bjornsson. The Bjornster uh, grabbed the puck from behind the net, uh, wrapped it with his stick angled over top of the puck, and then kind of pulled it behind him while skating back in front of his net. It w- looked so cool. Like, you could have put sunglasses over top of him. Had, like, some... I-, I will clip that and put that into the, the prospects. With what? Him with sunglasses on with that? <laughs> yeah. You can get that on, like, have some, like, old oh. 90s rap music playing, oh, you know? Oh, the oh, thug oh, life. Oh, oh, go back, go back, 15 seconds. Yes, sir. 15 seconds, please. Nate Danielson driving the net, getting out wide again. Oh, everything he does is just magical. Look at that. Look at that. They laid a nice pass in there, too. I know. Like, to get it to him? Vision. The only thing is, I wish you... I want to go back on that play again. I wish he had a bit more willingness to shoot. He does not get the puck in the zone. So, this little chip pass is actually what gets it, like, the speed he gets on the pass. Oh, I know. And just see it. The the defender has no chance I will say, don't shoot on that one. No, obviously yeah. not. I agree with you, though. But his, if you look at his actual shooting numbers, he does not get the puck. It's a bit of a... It's not a concern. That, that can change. That's a, that's a good thing to do. Very good. Does he play with anyone who is a shooter? <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryder roars not... Oh, actually, he does have... He does have some really good numbers. It's, it's a really, really, really young 
and I hope he plays there next year because he is a I tell. This kid seems. He's ready for the NHL, in my opinion. I mean, seems like in all the games I watch, he just he has more opportunities to shoot. <coughs> well, he also likes to hang close to the net, so he gets some like rebound stuff. So he's not taking the shots it's, in far out sometimes. He's what, in the right spots. When I watch Danielson, the things that I notice are that he drives possession. He's really good with the puck on his stick. But it's his vision when he has the puck on his stick. He, he finds passing lanes and he finds players that I don't even, like, I wouldn't even think to make that pass as someone watching. So something that you we haven't mentioned yet that I've noticed about out of him. What he does off the puck that's incredible too. Oh, and that's yeah. what makes him so nice. Is like he sets himself up for good areas, he goes to the net, he puts himself like I know we talked about the right spot thing for the like first goal that he scored there. But he's always doing that. He likes to be a close support option sometimes. Always is thinking. He's going to end up having a grade above seventy five, probably. Because the only thing that I can see being below a seven would be his shooting. Like, I think I would take McDanielson one last year, out of forward. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have taken Danielson above Cooley. I think Cooley's okay. more yeah, 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 I, yeah, I agree, yeah. I 100%. Sorry, I, mean, I, I think, think Danielson's really solid all around, and I like his game if you're getting him in like that 10 to 15 range. If, if, you, if you take him in the top 10, I don't blame you. Yeah. Like, I would do it if yeah. I had the option. No, but if you're, if you're a team that's drafted and 10 I'm, to 15 and you get Danielson... And here's that the, could if, be really great. If, my fear, if you can trade Eric Carlson and get this kid, I'm in. In the next month or two, if I am talking to you in this in Dynasty League 32, and I'm trying to move into the top like 12, assume it's probably Patrick Anderson. And I'm not sure why everyone seems to have him ranked in like the high range or where he fit. It kind of confuses me. For those people that don't have faith in him, I guess. I don't know. No, and it's I've and that's the thing, like I've watched Quite a bit of him. I've watched quite a bit of the players in front of him. Everyone has Quentin Musty ranked in front of him. Don't get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. He's there. Like Nate Danielson has similar size. He's maybe like a foot and a half less, but the skating, the skating is complete different level. He's his play speed is significantly faster. Processing vision is better. The shooting is a little bit where I would be less <coughs> on the edge. So on the Sorry, I just want to speak to like where he's being like touted to go. Yep. Uh, according to like elite prospects, they have some rankings here. So, NHL Central scouting has him ranked at seven. Some have him high, and then no, no, that's, NHL Central. So, is yes, yeah, and that is also like that is that is the only one that's that high. There is McKean's hockey at eight. I don't know them that well. Like TSN Bob is fifteen. The Hockey News is 23, Daily Face Up is 18, 18, 26, 15, 14, 16, 33, from Dober. Yeah, so, okay, I, if, maybe it's all the, the people that I have on Twitter that I follow who are connected to the Montreal Canadiens sphere for sure. They all seem to have him ranked in the 20s. You guys are going to speak it to him. Was well, that Spozo? Oh, yeah, that was a tip in by Connor Burke. Oh, that's Spozo, right? Yeah, yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah the shot was by Spozo. Yeah, yeah, no, that looked like Sozo. Okay, yeah. So you'll see here, like, this is what I like about Bedard. He affects the game in a lot of different ways. No, that wasn't Sozo. That was something else. It's 40. Sozo was 11. And if you look at this play, you'll actually see, like, Nate Danielson was defending. So you'll see a lot of different things in this play. Go back and look at it again. It's better to watch it than to watch it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yo, Bedard's fucking freaking 
No, he's not afraid of contact. Yeah. Like, that's something. Yeah. So you'll see, um, the guard right here is camped out in the room. Yeah. Yep. yeah. No one near him. Yeah, so you'll see Nate Danielson will end up getting into the screen soon. I don't know how he is on the screen. We'll see what happens. Okay, good. Yeah. So now you'll see Bedard's got some he's got some bodies on him now. Billy is on the guard. Yeah. So you've got two guys right completely next to you, which is awesome because you can see his face thing. Right. So you'll see here, he's got Nate Danielson draped on the ground. Yep. And he's still managed to get the That's that's the really good thing about Bedard. Like he's he, he finds ways to affect the game even if he doesn't have a magic stick. But I still look at that play and I go, Nate Daniels was doing the right shit. Oh yeah, like, no. like so like at the same like he's like, pissed. He was pissed too. Yeah. He was like, I did everything right and he still scored. Yeah, and that's just like that's why Bedard is going first overall. Nate Daniels is probably going to go in like either eight to fifteen. But I look at a play like that and I go, yeah, he probably does that to a lot of NHL players. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like like I look at Nate Daniels on that play. I'm like, he does that to a lot of NHL players. Not. The game breakers. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's who's still up at the end. No, but, but that that's such a that's yeah. such a good observation what you guys are talking about. Like there's just those little moments, that's what makes superstar superstar. Like it, that's all they need. There's just that little quick snap like just that quick moment and that's it. Done. <laughs> oh my god. Whoever whoever is in charge of putting these clips in, it's hilarious. <laughs> the best part too is yeah, that was a home that was the home team too. Yeah. So they're just like, uh they have a good sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> and it's, it, it was perfect too because like they've played Bedard so well the entire game he got, a, he got an assist on a crappy crappy goal that shouldn't have happened yeah and then he gets a goal and a tip on a well defended play and you're just like shaking your head like we're gonna lose and we did everything no I mean he scored in like the last two minutes of the game too yeah. the five skaters of the guys right yeah Carson Bjarnason Cool Bjarn <laughs> But it was a tip, though. It was a tip. And on that was one. No, 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 nothing on that, that one. That was a generational tip. Nothing on that one. <laughs> nothing on that one. That's <laughs> But the other... The you heard it here <laughs> firsthand on Windmill Hockey. You hear that, women? His tip is generational. <laughs> and hey, hey. All right, hey. I'm not, hey, <laughs> not partaking in that. Sorry. Also, Jesus. we hear about his wrist strength, right? <laughs> you hear about the dog's wrist strength? <laughs> Where, like, actually? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh boy. What time are you grabbing Alright, boys. The ladies are wondering where you're getting the dog. Well, it's up to you. This is a problem we must solve on the podcast. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Well, you're at six forty, so you, Yo, you might whoa. need to get the feeder. Oh, down. sorry, Yo, I gotta say, like right, right now, Bunting's been suspended three games. Three games? Oh, no, that's that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs have actually like they're called soft, and yet they have been suspended how many times in the last every single series, right? That's okay. true. Sorry, back. To, back to <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, good yeah. What time are you heading out? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we have to head back to Jake, so we'll probably just wrap it up. Sorry? Wrap it up? And, uh, yeah, so there's a minute left in the game. If there's anything we gleaned from this game, it's that uh, Quinn Manti, my defender, that I kind of like in the fourth round, that didn't do the injury. So, no, what? Two other defensemen from the uh, week games that were great. 
Yeah, although they're both overages, so I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I think you can kind of tell when they yeah. watch them play after. Yeah, it's it's a, if you watch a whole game, it's like there's a few plays that stand out. Also, look at the oh, oh yeah, great shot. Oof. I mean, <laughs> great defensive play. That's that's. Just, I feel like you know he's gonna come in the so he, like people aren't gonna know like just casual fans are gonna kind of protect these guys and because of the NHL. We're gonna be like, who the hell is this kid? Oh, he's gonna be a first round pick in the top half. Yeah. So he's Josh Norris. You're gonna know. You're gonna know who he is. That's gonna be like Josh. That's Norris. what I'm saying, though. I think it's gonna end up being something like that. The thing is, this year's draft, everyone's just gonna be talking about three players or four players. And that's why, and, and, and that's why there's gonna be five now. or ten. For, but for now, but that's what I'm saying. When he makes the show, and uh, like, what was the 2015 draft? Yeah, probably the same way. Yeah, right. Look yeah. at how many guys in the mid in the in the mid rounds or like of the first that that went right, like Barzell. Honor, Besser, or, uh, yeah, Brock Besser, like, just go down the list, it's insane. Oh. Oh my, oh my god, there's like a freaking team scrum here, jeez. <laughs> not line, like, not line brawl, team scrum, jeez. They, they it's not are, fair, though. There's an entire team against five guys. Yep. That's and Nate fair. Danielson's taking on two guys. That's just like everything you need to know. Two guys and a ref. It's just, that's complete. Nah, no, no, they just did. They just did the Russian method. That's throw throw bodies out there. Overwhelm your your enemies. That is a hundred percent worthy of a uh, nine out of ten grade, which is outstanding on my prospect grade. By Bateman? No, so oh, okay. I have it's a one, which is a not NHL prospect. Two, which is like four. Two is like terrible. Three is poor. Four is below average. Five is average. Six is above average. Seven is good. The only 10 that you will see in this entire draft is Connor Ratchie. The only one. Nobody else is worthy of that first pick. Jane Perron got a grade and a half on Twitter. Damn. He's good. You gotta yep. watch closely. Yeah, yeah Jane Perron is, is severely underrated mm-hmm. by, by Bobby Cunningham. No, like, honestly, like, dude, I could see a team where, like, they sleep on him and, like, he could break Braden Point. Yeah. Braden Point. Like, okay. He's, he's dynamic. How does he compare to Matt Cordero shooter? Have you been able to watch much Cordado? Uh, I think Cordado is a better pure shooter. I think Jaden Perron is good on like reception. Oh, he's so deceptive in that sense. Does that make sense? That's just, gonna be fun. On just to kind of give you like I'm, a I'm picturing like Eric Carlson like back there. Perron yeah. played on a line with Nick Moldenauer and Max Celebrini. And Celebrini was the Celebrini's gen not generational, but he's. He's far here. behind. No, the he's going to be an elite player in the NHL. Yeah, this guy, this guy's so freaking talented. Yeah, exactly. And then he has Moldenauer, who looks like a really, really, really good third-round pick for the Maple Leafs. So be excited for that Leafs fans. So Jaden Perron, he was the trailer on in transition. He wasn't necessarily driving the play, but when he was on the power play, you really see him because he knows how to get to it. Guys are just so afraid of him shooting that he ends up once he once he did, like fakes the shot and his passing is really, really, really good. There's not much in his game I don't like. He He's really well defensively. He's solid on the penalty kill. There's no... I, I don't know. The way we're talking about Danielson, like a bigger guy that's that's good, I don't know why Jaden Perron's not playing well, him. especially when Zach Benson's getting the amount of love that he's getting. Zach Benson plays the game at a frigging turbo bunny speed that's no, it's, just hilarious. He's like right? a squirrel. Zach Benson, yeah, he's like a squirrel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. He's so fast. He's so dynamic. He plays the game he plays the game at a whole different pace yeah. than almost anyone in this draft. 
cool. I don't think he's. I think he's. I think he's quick. He's not fast because he doesn't have the separation speed. He will. But yeah, I think he but will. It's, it's his short point. area quickness. But no, no, but that's what I'm saying. He's quick. Okay. And but he's I think not. He's, and he, he's not necessarily fast. But like he doesn't have like crazy speed. Yeah, he he, he the long fast. Side, okay, but, but the, the difference with Zach he's Benson, not all over more fast. No, he's an all over more fast right now. But the difference between all over more. It's and also Zach, but it's what you can do at that speed. Yes, and that's the well, but, but the place. thing I'm not saying that he's not good, right? Awesome speed. Can't do much at that speed. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, that's, that's go. something that you do not see with Zach Benson. He does not have a problem playing at that speed. What I really think about Zach Benson that's interesting is he's only about 158 pounds, 155 pounds. So you add 15 pounds, just and you're going to get a significant amount of more lower body power, especially because yeah. like you're not going to just add up. He's a hockey player. No he's at lower body. Yeah. He's going to get stronger. He's going to gain speed, and he's going to keep that quickness. He's, he's going to keep that power while also gaining a lot more long speed and power, which to me is like that. Just makes his game open up so much more. Why I think he's the ideal Montreal pick because if you can get the Lord fucking quad the I, way that fucking Marty Saint Louis does, he's going to be. There's going to be a team that will potentially take him before. Matt. I, I wouldn't. Would I do it? I don't know because I think Benson's gonna take two years. I think Benson needs at least one year just to get physically at the size he needs to be, and he's gonna need another year to actually get used to the point. And, and playing it, he gets growing. he gets pushed around, and that's yeah. the thing that like he still dominates. But there are segments where like he does lose his edge, he loses balance, and it's kind of easy to knock off the top of teams. True, but my dad's fun. Oh, Truba could have so much fun with Zach Benson. If they like if a team decided to rush Zach Benson, he could get manhandled. That bitch be empty. But he's gonna manhandle people in five years. So if you take him before Mitchkov and you want a maybe a one and a half years sooner than Benson, that's that's where I'd rather just bang on the upside of Mitchkov and get you do get probability to, that you're gonna get But you do get to get your own mold on his player early with that, which is says something. True. Yeah. But I mean, three years in pro hockey, <coughs> the job isn't going to hurt him that much. It's the second best in the pro league in the world. So I would, I would argue it's early at the AHL. It's just so hard to get out of it. There's not much available knowledge. <laughs> Can be. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was a really good game to watch. And uh, we're almost breaking the two hour mark here on this podcast. So I'd like to thank my, uh, my guests. Well, my well, I'd like, to, I'd, like, I'd like to thank my guests. My, I'd like to thank my... I'd like to thank... <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. I'd like to thank the people who are hosting me in this wonderful loft. Yeah. We're going to call it yeah, a loft. Yeah. Yeah. loft yeah. yeah, that sounds way more suave. Bougie? Yeah, sure. Cool. Schnash. Schwadabee. Je parle français. Well, actually, you probably call it, like, let's see. Is it a four and a half? Point is, this was a great podcast. I thank you for letting me come to Vancouver and ramble and explore in the neighborhood. And uh, yeah, so I have to go get my dog and uh, get a new credit card. So right. yeah, update update the people on your next podcast. Uh, make sure to say what the number is and the pin. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah, be, yeah. We'll, we'll be yeah. sure to tune in. Yeah, yeah. I was actually like, oh yeah, the next podcast will be coming up soon, and my pin. Um, <laughs> no, it's all. So we'll be, we'll be releasing this one in a bit. Uh, this is, uh, what day is it? It's Wednesday, April 18th.
Who yeah. those two days? Yeah. Yeah, so, idea. yeah. So we will be recording another episode soon, hopefully, because I kind of like talking to these guys. So hopefully they become regulars on the Windmill Dynasty podcast. Yeah, and check out our podcast. We're going to be doing a recording tomorrow. Yeah, we're at Hospice of Hockey. Good stuff. All right, for all my dedicated Dynasty League Ranger listeners, uh, make sure to vote on League Changes. And uh, yeah, get that ranger some trade deals. Pay your League fees. Oh, yeah, that's Oh, yeah, they have to approve the, the payouts. Oh, yeah. that, those, those will go out in the show. Okay. <laughs>